All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast, where our brackets are busted. And it's only okay to trade away players for a super team if Kobe Bryant says it. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. (laughs) Here's my guys, Eddie Ortiz and Trevor Twidwell. What up? We're really excited to be here again tonight, guys. Uh, We're recording a little bit later tonight uh, for whatever circumstances. I think we just kind of felt like let's make it a little bit later. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's just circumstances. Let's put it like that. Life comes Uh, at us. We we just wasn't prepared. You can blame me. It's fine. Just blame me. (laughs) Yeah, I was at I was at ballet recital, so um, uh, he's not uh, he's not lying either, guys. So, <laughs> just so yeah, no. So we are in the midst of March Madness. Uh, day two is actually wrapping up as we speak. I believe Duke is finishing up their game. Uh, there's been some insane upsets to this point. Um, like I said, I was not kidding when I said most of our brackets are busted. I will say uh, I do have seven of my eight uh, elite eight teams still intact, so I'm feeling okay about it. But holy hell, yesterday was brutal with Minnesota. Uh, uh, who they who they beat? I forget, but Minnesota totally destroyed me. Um, Marquette got oh beat God. by uh, uh yeah. Murray State, got destroyed. Uh, but we do have some bright sides to this whole thing. We're gonna get to that in a second. We also uh, want to get into the Tyreek Hill situation. Drama, drama. Um, what, whatever's going on with that, we're gonna get to the the sources and who who's talking about it, what the latest is, if there is anything new. Uh, we're gonna talk about Justin Houston going to the Colts. That's a a, br- a pretty big uh, topic of discussion here in Kansas City. Uh, and we're also going to get right into uh, free agents and the draft uh, as far as trade assets, as far as what the Chiefs could do in the draft. We're going to get right into that, actually. Um, going into the free, going into free agency, I had a strong feeling, I think you guys had a very strong feeling, that the Chiefs are going to be very aggressive. And by the Chiefs, I mean Brett Beach. Um, we all know how aggressive he's been already to this point, only being a little, I think this has been a little over, a year, or about a year now that he's been our GM. And he's already made a lot of moves, uh, some good, some not so good. Uh, and we can br- definitely break that down. But so far, he's signed free agents such as uh, quarterback E.J. Manuel, uh, defensive end Dante Johnson, wide receiver Sammy Coates, uh, wide receiver David Grayson, uh, safety Harold jo- jones Corte. I think that's how you say his last name, running back Carlos Hyde, safety Tyron Matthew, linebacker Damian Wilson, defensive end Alex o- uh, Okafor, and cornerback Bashad Breeland. Now, if you look across that list, you see one big time name in Tyron Matthew, obviously, and then a lot of like, you know, bodies, a lot of fill gaps, a lot of guys that are going to come in here. The best part about it, though, I think we all can agree, is they're all short term contracts. None of these guys are locked up long term. Even Tyron Matthew only has a three year deal yeah. with only twenty six million attached to him and guaranteed money. So these these moves, I really agree with. Uh, there's none of these that I see that I don't agree with. Um, and I and I talked to you guys earlier this week. I wanted you guys to break down. Uh, your guys as far as who you have. And Eddie, I want to start with you. Uh, Carlos Hyde, I think we all can agree, is a very solid pickup, especially since we know more than likely uh, that Spencer Ware will not be back, uh, that Damian Williams is the guy, but we need a lot of help around him because I don't think he's a premier back or he's a top 10 running back in the league, at least to this point that we've seen. Uh, so he's going to definitely need that uh, ying to the yang. Yeah. So Give us a little bit of insight on what you expect from Carlos Hyde or who you think he is, what you know, what we should expect as Chiefs fans for the fan that may not know who Carlos Hyde is. 
Uh, well, it's uh, I want to say that uh, hi, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, welcome to another uh, episode of the Spoke. And uh, so t- let's talk about Carlos Hyde. He, uh, I did a little bit of research on him. Uh, obviously, uh, he was with the 49ers, and then he went to uh, I want to say the Browns, and then to the Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so his best season was uh, 2016 with the Niners. He rushed for 988 yards, had six rushing touchdowns, and three receiving touchdowns. I mean, that's not great for a running back, but it's still not bad. So with us having uh, Williams as a starter and having Hyde just come right uh, come right uh, after him, mm. I-, I think it was a, a great acquisition by the Chiefs. Uh, it gives a really good depth on uh, just a – the offensive oh, he's a, side. He's a step up too, I think, from Spencer Ware. Yes. You know, obviously yes. I, think, and, I think he's a more talented guy than Spencer Ware is. Yeah. So, you know, if, and, if and, we were and, looking good with Spencer Ware and him. Yeah. And with Spencer Ware, I, I think it, the reason I think the reason Spencer Ware left the, the organization is because of his injuries. Yeah. I think he had too many injuries. Uh he's coming off an injury from last season. He didn't uh he didn't play what the last five season games. Right. Five regular season games. He didn't play the playoffs. Yeah. So I think it was time to move on from him, and Carlos Hyde is just a, a really good running back that we we pretty much got. So and for cheap, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's, sure, and a pretty much a prove it deal. Yeah, just like so, a shot. Uh, it, the Chiefs don't lose anything on yeah. this deal. You know, like if they don't like them, they can be like, hey, you know, let's cut them. Let's go some some other direction. Maybe draft. You know, we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I think Carlos Hyde is the type of back that you got to have uh, for the for the Chiefs going into this season, being the guy that. Um, is going to be, like I said, be the yin to the yang because Damian Williams is more of a guy that's going to catch out the backfield. Yes. Uh, he's going to be a guy that's very versatile. Uh, he's going to get a lot of yards per carry. I think that Damian Williams is going to be yeah, that he, guy. Carlos Hyde, for me, is going to be an, a red zone guy, yeah, an mean, end yeah. zone guy. I mean, I would, he Carlos, can still catch the rock, though, man. Carlos Hyde does he's what? He does versatile back. Not, not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not debating he's that. Definitely when a I'm, bruiser of what, what, yeah, what I'm saying yeah. is I yeah, think that Carlos muscle. Hyde's skill set, because if you look at him the last year or two, Carlos Hyde was the best at getting into the when he was at the goal line. He was able to get into because all yeah. five of his touchdowns last year, from what I remember, were no longer than one yard. He's, that was the furthest the touchdown only, he had the, last season. He's the only. Well, I don't know how much we haven't seen too much of Daryl Williams, which I like that kid a lot. I think he's more of a true back than even Damian is because Damian's more of the scat back type of guy. You know, kind of like you're not Chuck Kendrick West, but he's that yeah. similar kind of guy. He's not very big. He's more of a straight line speed guy, not agile to the, to the extreme. But Carlos Hyde's going to bring that agile jump cuts and the, you know the moves. He's got the, that in him, and he can catch the rock too. I think he's, uh, he can. I think he could even take the spot the as a, spot. as a, as the premier running. Yeah, back. I think that can okay. happen. Okay, twenty eight years old. Uh, I like I, I said, mean, he's he's been very effective when he's given the chance. He's been good on bad teams. Yeah, uh, you know he's been bad uh, obviously he kind of fell away to or the wayside these last couple of years because he was on teams that he didn't really get a shine on. Yeah. And I don't expect. Let's be honest here. I'm not expecting Carlos Hyde to become to come in here and become a, a superstar running back. No. What we need him to become is just an effective player. Be complimentary because da- I do believe Damian's going to get all the the opportunities in the world to be the guy. Yeah. And, and I mean I think Carlos Hyde will just because I know it's a prove it deal. And you know yeah. kind of contract seasons are always cool. undefeated like you've. You've mentioned before, yes. so I, I can expect him to come in here and you know be hungry. Oh, and how and, how excited yes. is he to be a part of this offense? Oh right yeah, now? with Patrick knowing Holmes. that he, knowing that he's pretty. I think I know what Beach is doing. He he's creating a battle for camp. He wants these guys to battle out for position. Yes. See who's going to. And I think Carlos Hyde's going to come out on top, dude. I think he's the better back. I like Damian as that's a change, that's interesting. I like Damian as the change of pace guy. The the scat back. The you know when we had. 
uh, Cream Hunt. I think I see more Carlos Hyde coming into that Cream Hunt role and Damian Williams coming into, you know, the Chuck Kendrick behind. Hmm. Remember how Chuck Kendrick could come in behind Cream Hunt and, you know, be a part of that that double package where he'd come in and Cream Hunt would fake and then they'd have uh, Chuck Kendrick run out of the backfield and catch a pass on a, on a, on a wheel route or something. I get to see that happen. I'm not yeah. saying that's going to happen, but I – I think Carlos Hyde is just as talented, if not more talented than Damian Williams. That's interesting to take. Yeah, and, so. and we, I mean, let's, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Sausage is coming back Hell next yeah, season. <laughs> Saw that according to the Chiefs, uh, according to several, yeah, according to <laughs> Arrowhead Pride and several other sources, uh, he did sign a one year deal. He's yeah. he's a 30 year old fullback. Um, I don't he think leaving, dude. You know, he didn't want to Yeah, I mean, he barely had over four, I think, 400 total yards over the, you know, but he's we've seen him being used more in the offense, though, with Patrick. If I'm, a, if I'm a betting man, though, I think that because of his position and it's kind of an obsolete position at this yeah, time of the NFL, kind of fading yeah, out. I think he's more of just a, you know, a clubhouse guy or not a clubhouse, but a locker room guy in the football spectrum of it. I think he's that guy that the Chiefs like having around because he boosts morale. He's a good leader. He's like he's that kind of guy, and and they're not spending big money. I was going to say him. it's not it's not that expensive to keep right. him around. So, oh man, I'd like the, the way we've seen just in this past season with Patrick Mahomes, we've seen them using him in in, in packages. Sure, and he's on good. The, on the I mean, I'm not gonna, yeah, he's good. I, I don't I don't mean to, I don't mean to come off as like I'm disrespecting the football player. I'm saying that I think the majority of the reason why he'll be back this year isn't because of what his his performances will be on the field. I think it's because Loyalty. of who he is. Well, I, th- I think like I said, I think he's the kind of guy that you saw you saw it at the Pro Bowl. When Patrick, they gave Patrick Mahomes the MVP. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sherman was, thought he was going to get he's it, and him and Eric Fisher, he's a room guy, they're, they're back sure. behind it. Pat when he's getting interviewed, going, "Wow!" But, wow. I mean, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, we never wow. saw, we never saw the Shermanator running wheel routes and catching wheel routes for touchdowns, dude. Was that was that gets the Chargers? I mean, let's yeah. be honest, that was week one. It was week one. I'll give him his props. It was a beautiful play. Though. There's a reason why that was his only touchdown I of the season. Did, and that was in the red zone too. And yes. that's a beautiful the, pass. The though. It was beautiful yes. Pass. It was more about Patty. I, I love. I'm again. Again, I brought it up. I'm very glad we got him back. But let's be honest. It's. I think it's more of just a leadership morale boost. He's that guy to get guys motivated. He's yeah. that guy. So I'm, sure. I'm really glad he's back. He's I, I didn't. Nails, man. Yeah, I'm really glad he's back. I, I'm not upset by the the signing at all. Let's let's move to Trevor's guy, uh, Alex Okafor, the defensive end from the yeah. Saints. Uh, I believe he's 26, if I'm not mistaken. 26, 27. He's yeah. had he's had yeah. a little bit of an injury history, so that's a little cause for concern. But the Chiefs only signed him to I believe a three year, yeah. 28 million dollar deal. Um, and that's a really good signing of my eyes because he's the kind of guy the Chiefs really needed for multiple reasons. But I'm not going to take any more of your time. Trev, give us what yeah. you have on uh, on Alex Okafor. Honestly, man, I didn't really even know who he was. I'm just giving me 100% honest. Um, I had to go watch some of his film from with the Saints. And I like what I saw, man. He's the he, Honestly, he's the polar opposite of what D Ford is. He's a little slower. He's not a speed guy, He's a, but he's extremely versatile. You can put him in pretty much any package, and I think that's what we're looking for. Yeah. You know, Andy Reid loves his Swiss Army guys. Offensively and defensively, so then the, which which is why Tyra Matthew is on this team because he can do everything. But um, I like from from the, from the film from what I've seen, I, I like what I see, man. He's the guy that can he can change his his objective. He ha- you can tell it like say he has his objective is just to get to the quarterback on a play, but the play turns into a run play up the gut. He's the kind of guy that will switch that objective on the fly. And attack the running back and get there. Like good, he's good at getting underneath. He's not obviously not as good as, as getting around on the speed rush yeah. like D Ford is. That's all, really all D Ford does is a one trick pony for the most part, getting around um, that uh, that line there around the edge. But he's not as fast, obviously, as D Ford. So he's a little sneakier. Um, and he's but he's he's versatile with his length. Um, he uses his, he depends on his strength and his length more than D Ford would on his speed. Um, 
I'm trying to think. So he, um, I'm trying to see. So his contract is team friendly also. So I think he's only going to cost us about $105,000, which is nice. And, and are you talking cap hit? Yeah. Okay. Just this season. Okay. Um, not totality, but just this season, I think it's 105,000. Um, like I said, he plays with a lot of power, which I think what we're going for is more of a power rush. Yeah. Instead of a speed rush. Cause we were depending on a lot of Houston's power on the left and then um, D Ford's speed. Yeah. And it wasn't, I mean, we got sacks. Like I said, we got sacks. We weren't getting a, a consistent pressure on the edges. We were getting a lot of, you know, sacks with the, like I said, with building off Chris Jones, pushing the middle up. Um, but though obviously it wasn't helping our back end very much. Um, so I say, let's see, he, he's good at getting to the quarterbacks, good at causing pressure. Garrett's good at stirring the pot. Like I said, he can, he's got some good moves to where he can fake on the outside and dip under, use that shoulder strength to dip under and get around and maneuver and stop the run. He's really good at stuff on the run, which I think obviously was our biggest weakness on our defense. Yes. So um, with that, I mean, that's obviously I think the goal was to sign him was to be, I don't know if, if he's going to be the guy, because I know he's, we got him on a really good deal. I don't know if he's just going to be a camp body and somebody could possibly beat him out. You know, I don't know how good he is really until I really see him in this system. Um, but from what I've seen in the film, man, I think he's going to be um, a good addition to Breland Speaks. I think they're both pretty similar guys. Mm-hmm. I think they're both power guys on both ends. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's from what I've seen, he's just a bull. Yeah, that's he's strong. He's long. Yeah, I think that's what we need on, I, on the edge. I really, I really like this signing for, like I said, for a multitude of reasons because he is everything that not only the Chiefs need, but what the scheme needs—the new scheme that the Chiefs are going to introduce with the four-three uh, Spagnol. He, I, to me, he's a Spagnolo guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, big body, Long run arms. stuffer. Yeah, that's what he's best at. He's not a sack guy. I think the most sacks no. he's ever had in a season was six. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken, so. He's not going to get to the – I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to get to the quarterback often. I think he's the kind of guy that once the Chiefs know that they're going to have to stop the run for a yeah. particular game going against a big running back, well, he's going to be look, that guy. Look at the AFC's running backs right now. Right. we got Kareem Hunt with the Browns now. we got Nick Chubb. Lavian Bell. Melvin Gordon. I yeah. mean, dude, if we're gonna, that's our obviously been Ch- our weakness. I mean, Lindsey, Philip right? Lindsey. we got to yeah. go on there. Yeah, we got to go on there and stop the run. And that's – I mean – that should Melvin Gordon. I mean, the list always, goes on. Yeah. And that's always what defenses want to do first and foremost. Is if you it's, stop the run, yeah. you can control the pace of the game. Yeah. And if we can stop the run and force teams to throw against us and that's a shootout, good luck. Yeah. And to your point about him, you know, coming in here, I, I definitely think that the Chiefs have every intention in mind to uh, have him as a guy for the next couple of years. Uh, I, I don't think the Chiefs would sign him to a three year, $28 million deal unless they felt like. He was going to give be given every opportunity to be a uh, to not only be a starter this year but starter for the next couple of years. Yeah. So I, I definitely think he's going to be that guy unless somebody comes in here from the draft and just blows him out of the water. Yeah. I don't see them spending that kind of money, even though it's not a lot guaranteed. Yeah. I don't see them doing that unless they felt like okay, this is a guy that also we're to have. add. I mean, I, I from watching his film and a lot of his his tape, he also is pretty decent in coverage <laughs> for not being very fast. He's he's got good awareness, yeah. Which is I which I like because D Ford is obviously clueless whenever he had to go in coverage. Which I don't think he's going to be in coverage much in this scheme, but if he's forced to go into coverage or have to chase down a running or tra- track down a running back when he's um, you know making an open field tackle, he's shown that he can do that, which is nice. And he's really good at getting underneath, like I said, and knocking quarterbacks out of their comfort zone, out of their spot, and causing pressure. Maybe not getting the sack, but causing pressure. So I mean, and that'll yeah. allow. You know, Chris Jones is sneaking there and eat somebody alive. So I like it as yeah. long as you're giving, yeah, giving Chris Jones the support he needs is right. is everything. And working together with him, yeah, sure. a- absolutely. And so uh, moving on to my the the guy I I did my homework on this week uh, is actually the Chiefs' cornerback uh, they just signed, Rashad Breeland. Love it, man. Uh, 
uh, signing him to a one-year deal. The max value of it's only $5 yeah. million. It's a prove-it deal. I'm yeah. Gonna, he's going to be motivated. He's, he signed with the Packers in September. And he, he didn't play until week nine due to hamstring and groin injuries, but right. played great in those seven games. Oh, yeah. uh, it was 16 solo tackles, 20 total, four passes defended, two interceptions, one tackle for loss. He also managed to hoist the second lowest hoist uh, the second oh, hoist, uh, <laughs> the second lowest passer rating against cornerback uh, for cornerbacks in the NFL from yeah. week ten to seventeen. Uh, spent four seasons previously with Washington, only missed four games in that span, so he's pretty durable. Uh, tallied up uh, two hundred sixty-one tackles, two hundred six of them were solo, which is big for a cornerback, uh, the, the position that's not known to yeah. tackle well. Yeah. Uh, Sixty passes defended, yeah, nine tackles for loss, eight interceptions, seven forced fumbles. Uh, in 2017, his best season was to date. He had 19 passes defended. Uh, that ranked him fifth best in the NFL that season. Uh, had at least one pass broken up in all but 20 of his or um, two of his 15 games. I'm sorry. Uh, his 60 passes defended from 2014 to 17 ranked fourth in the NFL. His seven forced fumbles were third best amongst all cornerbacks yeah, in that he can span. Hit, man. Yeah. So he can turn the ball over not only with interceptions but forcing fumbles. Yeah. Um, also, uh, he's already played. This is the best part. That's my favorite part. He's former teammates with Kendall Fuller. Uh, they played together uh, in uh, Washington, Washington from 2016 to 2017. Uh, played all but one game together in 2017, combining for eight interceptions, 40 passes defended, and they're two seasons together, and they are back together. Oh, yeah, man. I'm really excited about this signing because if you guys remember, last season the Chiefs really wanted to land Bashad Breeland. Yeah. Uh, he actually went for the money. Uh, the, the Panthers, if I'm not mistaken, uh, offered him a three-year, $24 million deal, but he had some sort of foot infection that caused that deal to be kaput. And then the Packers swooped in, got him on that small deal, proved himself very well. And I, I'm I'm pretty shocked the Chiefs got him this time. Beach wanted him. Beach, Beach wanted him, him though. Yeah. And Hell that yeah. and that that's I guess that's the part that doesn't shock guys. me so much is because when he wants somebody, he, he usually did, goes yeah, and gets yeah. him. Uh I love it. Man. Not speaking about Earl Thomas, but yes, hey, I mean we almost did. But I mean, yeah. And, and and so I think that Rashad is the kind of guy that you can plug in immediately will make an ultimate difference because the, you know there's there's the question yeah uh, you know is he better than Steven Nelson yeah. I think as an individual player yes I think I well I think there's things that Steven Nelson did better he's way more consistent but man. here's the thing I think in this current this is what it all comes down to yeah. because I think D Ford will probably be better as an individual player than maybe one guy that we get to replace him but in this healthy. scheme that doesn't matter as far as talent it's what you can do within the scheme because mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys well, I, I always goes I always go back to the 2018 Patriots defense. You can't name me four or five defenders on that defense, but because the scheme was so effective and Bilichek had them so prepared, it did not matter. Those guys, as long as they did their job, the defense worked. Well, and I think the difference between him and Steven Nelson specifically is the IQ. Um, Rashad's a veteran who's seen it, and I think he's a little less athletic than Steven Nelson. I think Steven Nelson's a better athlete. But I think Brashad makes up with that with, with his IQ and his overall just presence. And he's not the guy that's gonna get picked on. We've seen how many times, I don't know, game after game, we saw Steven Nelson getting picked on, right? You know, by the opposing offenses. So and I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think a lot of people are gonna want to throw Brashad's way because he's a guy that doesn't break coverage much. He doesn't, you know, get distracted. He's a very keyed in focused kind of player, which and a veteran, which you said we have already got chemistry with Fuller, which is perfect. So I think that's gonna be you know, he's the less athletic version of, of Steven Nelson, but he's the better version, I believe. And so. I think it also takes the pressure off of the Chiefs from having to go cornerback in the draft because yeah. I don't think well, that's the position they want to go in the in the I first think we'll, round. We might still no, do it through, the, we might still do it through trade. Yeah, 
Yes, and yeah. and I'm still I'm still very much on team trade for Patrick Peterson. Shit, you might have to go wide receiver. I, I'm still I'm still and we, we're going to get to that in a second, yeah. but I, I'm still very much on that belief. I think if there's any chance the Cardinals would be willing to move Patrick Peterson, I'm going to stick with that. It yeah. probably won't happen. Or Ramsey, dude, don't count that out either. Jalen Ramsey. See, here's the interesting the about Jalen Ramsey. He's four years younger than Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. He's going to demand a lot more in oh. return. The Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars have all the control because I think he still has two years left on his deal. Man, how stoked would he be to be in Kansas City to play on this team? Though? Right, so. and he, he's not even in his prime yet right. technically. So the Chiefs would have to give up at least a first-round pick. And I don't think the Chiefs want to do that. I know that they're all in. first-round talent. The, the thing not about this draft anyways. Yes, because I do think the Chiefs have said, look, it would be great to have a Jalen Ramsey on our team. But we have a first round need, and that's yeah. getting edge rush, and that's what I was going to get to um, in this actual segment. Yeah, because the, here, well, go ahead, Trev. No, I'm saying I just don't know. There's not many edge rushers left in free agency. I mean, I know the draft's got some decent young talent, but those are always unpredictable. They could come in and be absolutely trash or be absolutely injury prone when they get hit by the big time boys. Yeah, I think getting a guy like um, who are we just talking about right now. You talking about uh, <laughs> wait? You, you talking about Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Ramsey. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> getting, getting like, I just drew a blank right now. Getting a guy like Jalen Ramsey is a proven commodity. Is a top two, maybe the best corner in the league right now. Uh, when he's on his game, you know, and he's mouthy, he gets at people's heads. I kind of yeah. want a n- nasty guy on our defense. Man, we don't. Have, I mean, I know Tyron Matthew is that guy too, but man, just having like a corner that would just shut down entire, an entire side of the field while having Brashad Beerland on the other side would just be. I mean, if this defense gets top 10, it's over, dude. Yeah. That's how I see it because this offense is already going to be top five. It's a, to improve from, uh, what, 31st if to our, top he would, 10? He would put this defense over the top absolutely if we had two corners like Rashad Breeland on one side and then him on the other side would just be well, – I mean, What do you leave Kendall Fuller at, though? Well, Kendall Fuller is going to be covering the slot, but I'm just saying like just having that rotation. Gotcha. You know what gotcha, I mean? Just gotcha. having the, that yep. much talent. And then Tyrone Matthew floating around yep. making plays and feeling like he can just be free and make plays is just – that's the dream, man. But I mean, I, as far as edge rushers, I I would rather instead of Ramsey, I'd rather see us go try to get Clowney, Jadavion Clowney, because that's an option too. We could definitely I, trade and try. I, to- I don't see him leaving the Texans though. I, mm. I, I don't see the Texans even getting the rid Texans of him. Texans aren't a contender right they now. They franchise tagged him, and well, you 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 might not think the Texans are are a contender. They believe they are. Yeah. Yes, they have a My franchise quarterback. Apart, I understand they have a franchise quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins might be the best receiver in football right now. Offense as a whole isn't very good. I understand. Man. I understand. I'm saying that they they think in themselves they, yeah, as they, they are currently themselves. constructed, like plus Watson. the draft, plus the draft, I think they believe they would be a contender. Got a good coach. Jadavian Clowney got the franchise tag, so I understand why people think the Chiefs would trade for him. Or Ziggy Ansa. Here, he, here's the thing, yeah. though, in particular with J- Jadavian Clowney. Yeah. It's the same thing with Jalen Ramsey. They are going to say, look, you're an AFC opponent. You're probably the best team in the AFC. You think we're going to give you him for, you know, a mud whistle? That ain't happening. Yeah, the, no. the only thing that gives me pause with Jadavion is his injury history too. You know, he's had he's had injury, but he's been pretty consistent the last couple of seasons. But man, just pulling him out of that team would be awesome too. Yeah, Have sure. Follow yeah, Tyron, but, Tyron but, the, but you're Matthew, talking you're talking easy. multiple valuable yeah. picks. Yeah. Is and I'm I'm fine with think, going all yeah, in. Yeah. It's just I, I just don't I don't see the Chiefs giving away picks. No, right now year. we've seen such a change of of culture. And can't see what we, what Veach is bringing. I don't think the Chiefs can afford to give uh, away any first round picks yeah. right well, now. Well, I, I think they can. I don't know, and man, if it's a proven commodity, I would. It is. It is an all in year. Let's yeah. let's right. let's yes. make that perfectly clear. Twenty nineteen is an all in year. Is Jadavian Clowney worth what you would have to give up for that all in year? Do you believe if you put him on this team right now that all of a sudden he catapults you to a different level 
with the defense currently constructed? I think I think so, yes. But I would rather the Chiefs go and lock up young, talented defenders through the draft and give them an opportunity. Because like I said, my whole stance has been this. On the defensive side, I'm not as worried about just names, yeah. especially in the front seven. Well, if you can make an effective scheme and get those guys around you that are buying into the scheme, they will be the ones that make it happen. Because like I said, and I'll say it again, I keep saying it, the Patriots look at them. Look what they did against the Chiefs in that first half. Yeah, you can name and, me how many defenders on that defense. Well, and too with, with Okafor, <laughs> Okafor coming in, he could he could fill in that Allen Bailey role, and we could put Clowney on the outside. Sure, you know, and that would be man having Clowney, Okafor, Breland, and Chris Jones. That's a package, man. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't. Just, I this is all speculation, obviously, but it's just fun to think of. You know, getting one of those elite corners, one of those elite edge rushers that would put us over the top, and if we can, like I said, if we can be top fifteen, top ten defense. Man, the sky's the limit for this team. So I'm guessing so. either go Clowney or take that gamble on the draft. Well, that's, we can definitely get to that saying. on the other side of this of this yeah. break that we're about to go on. Um, I think if the Chiefs were to let's say if we woke up tomorrow morning, we heard the Chiefs traded traded for Jadavian Clowney. My first thought would be, what were they willing to give up for? Because like I said, the 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 leverage is all on the Texan side. Yeah. They're an AFC opponent. With him franchise tag, for all we know, they could franchise tag him again after this season, or they could sign him to a long-term deal. They have no reason in the world to trade him unless they were given an offer they could not refuse. Yeah. So we're talking the Chiefs would have to give up, you know, this year's first-round pick, maybe even next year's. There's a lot of op- like I'm saying, the Texans would ask for, for a lot everything, yeah. and the Chiefs would have to be willing to give that up because they have really no bargaining chip in this. Yeah. Because as I'm, unless I'm completely wrong. The Texans, I believe, have, what, the 23rd overall pick, 24th overall pick? So they'd be taking the, the 29th overall pick, yeah. so they're not even getting a better pick than what they currently have. So the Chiefs would have to super sweeten up that deal. There's and I just of, don't see it happening. Of, there's a lot of talented defensive players in this draft, too. So, I mean, I understand. I mean, going either way, I, I, I think Beach is going to make some good picks if we stick to the draft. I trust him right now. I mean, obviously, we'll have to see how Breland speaks, becomes a, as a player, but um, – yeah, I mean, I think either way, either route we go, I've been trusting in Veach right now. Sure, so. and, and and I'm with you guys. I think we all can agree that Veach will be aggressive. Yeah, he has to be. He will yeah, be. He has more. That's his reputation. Come. There's more moves to come, man. Yeah, so. and that's what I think is going to happen. I think that he, there is going there is another move in free agency the Chiefs are going to make yeah. or in a trade for a current player. I do think that's going to happen. There's going to be something else that happens before because they do have the cap space, especially like we're going to talk about with the Tyreek Hill situation. They probably got a lot more cap space than they probably planned on initially to use. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get in that as well. But the next segment, when we get back, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft, what we expect. We're not going to name drop a bunch of players. Maybe I will a little bit. I'm lying a little bit. But we're going <laughs> to talk positions. in particular with what we think the Chiefs are going to do. Are they going to be super aggressive or are they just going to be aggressive with the style of player they go after? So we'll get back to that after this. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a countercultural appeal. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at commandeerbrand on Instagram or Facebook. Back at it on the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, with my guy, Eddie Ortiz, yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What up? We are recording in the KC Beard Co. studios. Uh, we left off uh, regarding the Chiefs' free agent moves, how aggressive Brett Beach has been. Uh, and then we're going to also talk, touch a little bit on this uh, side of it, a little bit more about the draft. Now, 
For me, the draft is very speculative, and I think all of us can agree to that. We're not experts on the draft. Uh, I would definitely recommend you go and see my guys, Ken <laughs> Swanson, Craig Stout over at Arrowhead Pride. They are the ones you want to listen to when it comes down to breaking players down. Sure. All those guys have been amazing. You'll definitely go listen to their podcast. They've been incredible. I listen to it every single week. Uh, I feel like I learn a lot, but still, I'm no expert as far as what players. I have a few guys that I'd love to touch on uh, as far as the draft and what position I'd love to see the Chiefs go after. Um I'll go out and just say it right now, guys. I fully expect that the Chiefs are going to trade up in this draft. Yeah, I think that we brought we brought it up last week with the D Ford trade, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were questioning, you know, the value of that pick, or they didn't get enough back. But what people don't understand is that pick is not only going to be a high pick next year because I don't expect the Niners to be a great team by any means. No. So it's going to be a top twenty pick in the second round. Uh, so it'll be a uh, let's say a top 50, 55 pick in the in the NFL or in the draft next season. So the the Chiefs are never going to see that pick. They're going to use that to either trade for a player currently, like I said, Patrick Peterson, that'd be beautiful, or <laughs> they're going to trade in this draft to move up. Now, how far up? I don't know. It's very va- it's every pick is valuable. You saw how much the Chiefs had to give up in order to move 17 spots to get Patrick Mahomes in the 2017 draft. You're talking two first round picks, and I believe another additional pick. So you had to give up a lot to move up that many spots. I don't expect the Chiefs to move up in the top 10. I don't even really expect the Chiefs to move up in the top 15, but I do expect the Chiefs to move up within the 25 to 20 range. Yeah. I see them moving up a four to 10 spots. So that's what I think they're going to do. And I have a couple names that I think I'd like to, to bring up. I think that would be great additions immediately because that's what Chiefs are going to need. If they're going to sit back and not sign big edge rushers, like like I said, trade for a Jadavian Clowney, uh, go and get a Ziggy Ansah, guys like that, or even a uh, Jamie Collins, like we're going to talk about yeah. in a second, Trev. Uh, you brought him up in the break. Yeah. If they're not going to do that, they're going to be aggressive and get a guy that plug in immediately will be an effective player day one, week yeah. one. Okay. And obviously, let, let's just get it out of the way. The Chiefs are not going to get Nick Bosa. No. They cannot touch him. Sadly, no. If it wasn't for Kyler Murray that we know is going to now go to the Cardinals, according to Benjamin Albright, yeah. the, uh, Josh Rosen is probably going to be going to the, San, or the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that has been official, obviously, but he's been tweeting some hints about that. Um, you can go check that out on Twitter yourself at uh, Albright NFL. But um, I definitely think that if, if if it wasn't Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals, it would be Nick Bosa first overall. Yeah, He's probably the best player in this he's draft. Stud, Unbelievable. He comes from a, fa- a family of le- just legacy. Joey Bosa, his older brother, playing for the Chargers. Complete stud. One offensive player of the year, even though he missed a few games to start the season. Uh, he's an offensive player of the year. Defensive, yeah, defensive player. Like, I'm I- sorry. I'm, I'm not worried about my brain. Slide. Okay. <laughs> I'm still holding that L from. I'm telling you guys to put your phone on vibrate. Mine goes off in the middle of the first segment. Yeah, but way to go, man! To, to not ramble too much, I, I, these are the guys that I, I see coming off the board that I think the Chiefs could potentially trade for. And like I said, you're, you're talking about giving up many picks for these types of guys, but if they believe in them, they're going to go after them. Yeah. The first name that comes off the board is Rashawn Gary out of Michigan, six foot five, two hundred eighty-seven pounds. He had forty-three tackles, seven and a half of those were for loss. Only three and a half sacks, missed three games with an AC shoulder joint sprain and didn't play in their bowl game. But here's the beautiful thing about it. He has an insane NFL talent with the strength, speed, and size. A great fit for the base end of a 4-3 defense. So although he wasn't a great sack guy, what I love about him is his he's a great for the base defense. So he would complement Chris Jones and Alex Okafor on the other side to yeah. where he is helping keep that run game in check. And they've noticed, like you said, that he can he can tackle in the backfield. Yeah, and I think this defense is really focused. I think Veach is really focused on, and Spags obviously are really focused on stopping the run. Yes, because that's I mean that's what's gassed our defense and made our defense so trash, man. Is because uh, honestly our secondary wasn't bad last year. We didn't allow a ton of, uh, you know, I mean, 
the yardage was coming from the ground most yeah. of the games, and that's what opened up our, our you know let them open up all their offenses because they could they knew every team knew they can just run on us. So. Right. And the second the second name because they are they are projecting Rashawn Gary to be a top twenty pick. Yeah. Just because of his freak abilities. But he could um, drop for sure. The second guy I have on my list is Jaka White from Florida. He's six foot two, two hundred sixty pounds. He's a junior. Uh, dude has an, an absolute force. He's an absolute force on the edge last season. And that four, three defense, he had been, uh, uh, noted by WalterFootball.com that he was a quote odd body shape, but he could be a good rotational edge rush in a four, three and would fit well in a three, four as an outside linebacker, which would probably be his best fit in the NFL. He has a natural feel as a pass rusher with speed, athleticism, his moves, it has a nose for getting to the quarterback. So, He's he's probably going to end up being on a 3-4 defense. I think he's going to fit that better. But if you're able to get to the quarterback and you can adjust any style, I think that you'd be an effective player regardless of what defensive scheme you're in. I think the Chiefs would definitely take an athlete because I think that's what we're looking for, guys that can fit a scheme. Yeah. And if he can fit this and be the kind of guy that has, a, like they said, a nose for getting to the quarterback, if you're not getting 15 sacks a season but you're hitting the quarterback, that's what I think the Chiefs are looking oh, for. Oh, yeah, and then we obviously – how excited are you as a young stud defensive player coming into this defense, knowing how much this defense defense struggled last year, knowing that you could be a part of changing the, you know, the trajectory of this defense and being, you know, it could be, you know, we drafting one of these guys early could be a day one starter and being a difference maker. How exciting would that be as a young guy knowing, you know, you could come in and be a piece of that. It'd be a badge of honor for yeah. sure, man. Working around Chris Jones, you know, that's yeah. just a black. You're, you're literally taking this defense from the floor up. Yeah. I mean, it could not be any worse than what it was last it season. It can't get any worse. They yeah. led the league in sacks last year, but the defense looked atrocious when it mattered the most. They got to be a complete package, and these are the kind of guys that I think would make an immediate impact because, let's be honest, like we talked about last week, if, if, the, if the Chiefs defense comes in next season and can't get to the quarterback, what is the one thing the Chiefs, fan, the Chiefs fans are going to be clamoring about? Well, why the hell did we get rid of D Ford? Why didn't we figure out a way to keep Justin Houston? Why what, did we fire Bob Sutton? What, what, you know what? What is? I don't think that's ever going to happen. But <laughs> let's be honest. You'll, you'll, you'll get those questions. Oh Jesus! I hope to God not. You will. I hope to God you will. But like, one of those games they they can't get a sack. They'll be like, "Where's Bob Sutton? <laughs> yeah, Where's D Ford? Where's Justin? Bob. Yeah, I'll, I'll unplug for life of that. I swear, if I hear somebody miss Bob Sutton, my ass, dude. That that cannot happen. But. Um, another name and, and a lot of the guys at Arrowhead pride have actually been swearing by this guy. And, and this is, this is actually a guy that may even fall to the chiefs if they were lucky. But I mean, obviously I think, like I said, if they're going to, if they're going to go for an edge rusher, I think they will trade up to make sure they get their guy. Yeah. Uh, that's Cleland Farrell, uh, out of Clemson. And the Chiefs did just draft Dorian O'Daniel out of Clemson too, so they have yeah. a thing for Clemson guys well, at least of late. Too, uh, he recorded he recorded fifty five tackles with eleven and a half sacks, nineteen and a half tackles for loss, four passes batted, and three forced fumbles during the twenty eighteen season. Yeah. Uh, returning from school from twenty eighteen looks like it was a wise decision on decision on his part because he improved in his run defense and was more stout and as fast and as explosive over the course of the season. As a result, some team sources are projecting Farrell as a mid-to-late first-round pick in the 2019 draft. Now, this is the kind of guy that more than likely is going to end up being a Chief. If the Chiefs really want to get their guy, I think Clellan Farrell is going to be that guy. He fits the defense, I think, the best of these three. If we're going by talent, I'm naming the three off the way I did. But if we're looking at just sure ability, and I think the guy that would fit what they're trying to do, I think Clellan Farrell... And again, I trust my guys at Arrowhead Pride. I swear by them, and I think they're right about it. I think that if they're going to trade up, they're going to trade up about five to ten spots, and that will be their guy because the first two guys will more than likely be gone. What do you think about Cleland Farrell? I mean, I, like you said, you gave me the numbers, and the, I mean, those numbers definitely sound intriguing. And obviously, play, 
players coming from Clemson, you know, those well-coached defensive teams, that's mean they're known for that. Um, you know, Clemson, Alabama, you know, great programs like that um, that are constantly in competitive and playing with the top players, you know, about as close as you can get to playing for an NFL level. Right. Um, yeah. Those are the, usually the guys that are ready to come in and, and be day one starters. So, yeah, I mean, if, you know, the guys you, you named are all for him, I mean, then I, I kind of have to be on page or on, on board with that as well. I mean, that sounds yeah. like a player that I definitely would, would, wouldn't mind seeing us. Well, picking my up. God, when you're talking yeah. about 55 tackles, 11 and a half yeah. sacks, 19 that's and a half a, tackles for a that, loss. That's impressive. It, yeah. it, when you're, when you're in the spotlight constantly with Dabble Sweeney and, the, and that team out there, constantly on TV, winning a national championship. You know, these guys are constantly under the, uh, under pressure. And for him to perform like that at that stage, I feel very comfortable going for a guy like that because yeah. I, he's already, he's fully aware of it. Yeah. He knows the pressure. He understands. Now the NFL is a different game. Let's, let's not pretend like it's not, but like Trevor just said, it's about as close as it gets to playing at the NFL level. Yeah. And they whooped that Alabama ass yeah, this dude. year. Yeah, like it was no joke. Yeah. Yes. So so those are the kind of guys I would feel <laughs> very comfortable with. And like that, or Dorian O'Daniel probably knows him. Yes. You know, they went through the same program. So having that chemistry as well would be nice. And I think Dorian's going to have a year this year, man. Well, we can talk about that for sure. I love I, that I'm kid. a big Dorian guy myself. Yeah. I, I think he's going to, at the will, I think he's definitely going to. Swiss Army yeah. guy. I love him, man. Yeah. He tackles so well. But it, I'm going like to flip it on you guys a little bit. Because oh, no. I think, and I want to play both sides of this, because like I said, I think we all can a consensus agree that the Chiefs are probably going to trade up. But what if they don't? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. This might shock you a little bit. And I've been thinking about it a lot. But it actually makes a fuck ton of sense. And again, I fully expect it. But if they don't, and they sit at 29, yeah. what if the Chiefs went tight end? Man, you beat me to it. I was I was going to say it right now. <laughs> and I think we will. At some point in this draft, we're taking a tight end. And this is a great tight end draft. It There's is. So much talented. It really is. And the new is. way that t- t- tight ends are coming, man, it's, tight end is changing, dude. Even in the NCAA and the NFL, it's becoming a bit pretty much just a receiver, an extra receiver, and then I love it. Um, well, and that, yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't have any tight end depth behind Travis Kelsey. And if yep. Kelsey goes down, we're gonna be screwed if we don't have another. And we've seen guys like, um, what's his name, Henry, uh, from the Chargers, um, who's a talented guy, obviously, he's been banged up, but we've seen these tight ends come in and be playmakers for some of these teams. You know, obviously, I, I, I thought I was waiting to see if we we're gonna make a move for like Jared Cook. But obviously that didn't happen. And I think Demetrius Harris is gone. Yep. Um, so I mean the, it's Incom- wide open. Incompletrius Harris, let's be <laughs> yeah. real here. Drops all that weed like yeah. Shaggy Shane likes <laughs> oh, to call him. Man. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it, it the stage is set for us to take a tight end. It's almost like a guarantee at this point for me. I've been waiting to see, and I don't know a lot of the names, but I've been hearing and you know, guys talk on the radio and stuff about you know this being a good tight end class, and I definitely expect it to happen. Um, it, it, you know, maybe with our first three picks for sure. Well, it, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I'm all for it. I man. thought I was gonna flip your guys' lid with no, that no, one. I was no, waiting no. for it. I yeah. was you, you've, uh, <laughs> you've actually told me that before. And okay. At first, I was a little like, eh, we don't need it. Yeah. Maybe, but then like, we need depth. Yeah. So I, I, I can see, I can see one of the first, oh. one of the second round picks. Uh, not necessarily the first, but I can see the second round pick for sure. And I look at it too, like remember how Aaron Hernandez and Gronk, Prime yes. Gronk were. Yes. And then I feel like we're becoming the new. I know this is so cliche and so <laughs> over the top to say, oh, we're becoming the new Patriots, but Veach is doing a lot of the same things that Belichick would do: cutting guys, you know, letting guys walk that are big names that you know deserve big money. But no, you know what? If we want, we don't want to pay you, we're gonna let you walk. And then going and drafting young guys and and making moves, you know, aggressive moves and making guys that fit the system that you want. And I think that could definitely we can go and do a you know a, 
uh, a two tight end set and, you know, having two major athletic big tight ends with great hands, you know, running slants and cross routes and, you know, underneath routes and curl routes and stuff like that. They could be deadly, man. Yeah. Having, you know, look, look how much Travis Kelsey feasted. You know, imagine having another guy just as athletic and big as he is. Man, dude. Well, and, and the, you, you talk about Veach making the unpopular opinion or right. making the unpopular move. Uh, making moves finally. That's what I love Being about what he's doing. He's making moves that are kind of pissing Chiefs fans off or making them feel uncomfortable. Good. But they're the right moves. Yeah. Good. For the first time, we have a GM that's making that has the We're balls so to make that balls. move. Yeah, so used to mediocrity and, and shriveled dick moves. Man. Yes. It pisses me off. And he's he's out here just showing his, his donkey dick. Well, I, I feel like doing this would be a way of doing that. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think that they're going to sit at 29. I, I don't. No, no, I, no. I fully expect He's too aggressive. But here's here, here's the name. I I think it's blatantly obvious what the Chiefs have to do. If they were to take a tight end, it is T.J. Hawkinson out of Iowa. Yeah, has to be. I was just reading on him right T. now. T.J. Hawkinson. This is the guy. I first heard him from Craig Stout. Could be a day one starter. I heard sure. Craig talk about him on six ten one night with Jay Binkley, which yeah. I'm going to have an announcement about that at, in a, at the end of the show. But they were talking on one night on on six ten Sports Radio. And that was the guy that him and Kent Swanson have both swore by was TJ Hawkinson. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of insight because a lot of people don't maybe, maybe don't understand the value or how great TJ Hawkinson is, but I'm going to tell you a little bit. He's a 21 year old junior out of Iowa. He's six foot five, 220 pounds. Oh, yeah. And has already drawn comparisons to not only George Kittle, but to our Travis Kelsey. Like it. Who's six foot four, two hundred forty nine pounds himself. Hawkinson is th- has a thirty two and a half inch re- uh, uh, inch reach in arms and has a nine and a half inch hand. Uh, big hands mean what? Big catches. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that. NFL. Like I said, NFL.com has compared him to Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. And if I'm, I mean, I can show you guys the list. And I actually wrote all this down because I wanted you guys to hear uh, the the praise that Hawkinson has gotten. Uh, since he's been in, uh, since he's been doing the draft, the overview is in a draft that feels light on high end talent. This is according to NFL.com. Hawkinson is ascending talent with a chance to become one of the best all around tight ends in the game. He should continue to fill out his athletic frame, but he's already a sound inline blocker. That's humongous right there. Yeah. Uh, with the toughness to sustain and finish, his above average athleticism and separation burst will help him win against linebackers while his body control and hands give him an advantage over safeties. Yeah. Hawkinson has standout talent and fits any scheme, but he could be covered early by teams looking to delve uh, more heavily in the 12 personnel. That is what I want the Chiefs to start like doing. Kelsey. Yes, because <laughs> the Chiefs have not been able to do that yeah. pretty much since Travis Kelsey's been here to run 12 personnel. What 12 personnel is, is having two tight ends, uh, two, two tight ends set. That is so dangerous, especially when you have two athletically gifted well, tight ends. Two tight ends you can throw a bubble screen to. <laughs> yeah. Right. And take it to the house like we've seen Travis Kelsey. <laughs> or, ha- or having, having the ability, or having the ability to have two because Travis Kelsey's an underrated uh, oh, blocker, blocker too. For sure. So Absolutely. you have those two guys that can run in 12 personnel. If they ran the 12 personnel just 40% of the time, yeah. you set up the play action, you set up the run game, the A B gaps, everything would open wide open, making Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde and Daryl Williams' job so much easier to run the ball in an effective Imagine rate. Imagine having to, to defend that. That's what I'm saying. Having tried to read the package before, you know, reading the plays before. I mean, you don't know what's coming, man. Right. And here, here's a few of Hawkinson's strengths. Competitive and athletic. Bursts upfield with stance, fitting early separation and seam. Long stride into one-step cut to uncover underneath. Fluid and fast and intermediate and deep work. Runs levered, uh, leveraged, sharp routes and uh, stacks tight coverage. Accelerates off of cuts and turns to separate. Intelligent use of frame to switch or to shield the catch point. 
able to create latch catch space and secure with sticky hands, above average catch radius and secures through contact, punches with crisp inside hands as blocker, runs feet through contact as move blocker, sustains and finishes block when he gets locked in. Now, in You're fairness, describing Travis Kelsey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like our guy. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the greatest tight end in Chiefs history. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, um, I, that, yes, that was shade. Uh, so, but Sorry, uh, in, in, all, in all fairness, I will give his weaknesses because it's only fair to look on the other side of a player that is right, is not in the league yet and it's yeah. unproven, but a guy that the Chiefs would feel comfortable with or any team would feel comfortable with. He is narrow, athletic frame, and needs additional muscle mass. Can work away from zone defender to help quarterback. High point attempts can be slightly mistimed. Gets in a big hurry as run blocker. Early overstep loses desired block centering. Comes in hot up to second level targets. Needs better anticipation adjustments to moving targets. Can struggle to maintain reasonable anchor and pass pro. That's just that's just disciplinary training that he's going to get at becoming a pro. That sounds it's like a nothing, twenty run year old college about, like, player. Him having yeah. drop sees or anything. Right. I, I can deal with all that stuff, man. That's just that's just uh, you know stuff that he can work on in practice and get better at as a pro. He's still a kid, man. So. I mean, look at Travis Kelsey when he first came to the league. Look at the cons. You, you can go read up on the cons on him, too, you know, with him being, you know, kind of a hothead and, you know, dealing with uh, character. Kind of. Character. <laughs> Shit. I'm just saying. That kid know. had a problem, right. dude. Right. Andy yeah, reads Andy Reid's first conversation. I guarantee, yeah. I yeah, don't fuck this up. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I guarantee his con list was much longer than that kid. So if we can get, if we can get two Travis Kelseys, my God, man. Well, and let's not dude, pretend. Fucking... I, people forget about this. Travis Kelsey was a quarterback. Yeah, he was originally a quarterback in college. Oh yeah, so people that, forget I, about that. Year one, yeah, year one. That's what I'm saying. He was a converted Got quarterback. Demoted. Hawkinson is a, a full time, yeah, tight end. This is what he knows. So well, even as great as Travis Kelsey that is, speaks to how great Travis Kelsey is as an athlete, though. That that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, no, I so don't want to be a quarterback. All star <laughs> tight end. end. Add, yeah. and, and let's be real here. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. It's yeah. you know you got George Kittle's, right you have now, your yeah. Zach Ertz's, you have those guys, you have your uh, what's his name from Cleveland, um, uh, Ajoku. Oh, and Joku. You yeah, have yeah. those, you know, you have these other great tight ends, but Travis Kelsey does stand out, and he's yeah. going to continue to perform high, for at sure. a high level because of Patty. You add that extra piece, man. This offense would literally be unstoppable. I know the defense has to get better, but would it really piss you off? Oh, no. If the Chiefs oh, said, you know no. what, we're going to get the best weapon available offensively out yep. there, and it would be TJ Hawkinson. On this the, is, like I said, it. this is a defensively – I mean, if we don't trade up, like you said, this is a defensively deep draft. Man. There's, I, and I, look, we've seen Andy Reid and Veach, Veach being the scout at heart that he is, find gems later on in the draft. Yeah. You know, to find Kareem, Hunt, Kareem Hunts, find, you know, guys like that. You know, I mean, I, I'm, all, I'm all in, dude, with the movements, the, the way that this organization is going. So I'm just excited to see whatever move they make. That, no. That's the beautiful thing about yeah. it because it's an all-in year, but the draft is so deep on the defensive yep. side that even if you were to, even if the Chiefs didn't make another move in free agency and went and got the best players on the defensive side, yeah. that still to me makes it feel like oh this is definitely an all-in year to the Chiefs yep. because you're going to get the best players that you feel players. day one could make an impact and defense or offensive side. If the Chiefs were to make a move, like I said, if if they were to go and sign a Jamie Collins, yeah. you know, to and he would be expensive. If they were to do that, I would feel like, okay, maybe the Chiefs are thinking about taking a tight end. Dude, so much of this, I know we're going to get to this next, but so much of this discussion and what moves we can predict we're going to make and what moves I think Beach knows he's going to make, so much of this hinges on the Tyreek Hill situation. What if he What if he is guilty? He's gone. That opens up a lot of movement, and maybe we would move up to go get a wide receiver or a tight end to get another weapon, or maybe we would trade, try to trade to get another offensive weapon. Who knows? You know, so I, like I said, I know we'll get to that next, but 
a lot of this hinges on the move that we make is based yeah. on that right now. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. So uh, you're hundred percent right. And these are only scenarios that we can build on our own speculation uh, based on the fact that, you know, this team is going to change on a daily basis. Uh, and, and we do know that there is a lot hinging, like Trevor said, hinging upon um, the investigation uh, with Tyreek Hill. So uh, we're going to take a short break after, uh, uh, right now and we're going to get back to that. Actually, we're going to talk about the Tyreek Hill situation um, and we will get to that after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Wasteland Society, an apparel brand inspired by the underground, the weird, the youth, post-punk, 80s and 90s pop culture, and the idea of living life on the opposite end of the spectrum to the fullest. Hand-printed in Kansas City using an eco-friendly printing process on sweatshop-free garments that are ethically made in the USA. Find them. We are Wasteland Society on Instagram. And we're back at it for segment three of the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, with Eddie Ortiz yo, yo, yo. and Trevor Twidwell. What's that? So we just, we've already tackled on the free agent signings that the Chiefs have made. Uh, we also have talked about some of the moves that we could see happening in the draft, whether the Chiefs decide to get aggressive and trade up, or dare we say, get a little unorthodox and take a tight end, even though they have one of the greatest tight ends. And let's add one more thing before we get to the next uh, topic of discussion. Another thing that we left out on that is, is regarding that although Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football right now, and I don't know if anybody would really debate that, he will be 30 years old this year. And I do think he's got a lot of football left in him because well, he's been Patrick able to Mahomes is extending his career. Yes. yes. And, and he's only had one major injury, and that was in 2013 with his knee. He missed the entire season. Yeah. But since then, he's I don't know if he's missed a game. Mm-hmm. Like he's been he's been unless the games obviously they rested for the playoffs. But Travis Kelsey's stayed healthy. He's been super effective, even with Alex Smith. And he's been incredible with uh with uh Patrick Mahomes. At the same time, you can't expect him to stay at the top level going into his 30s. You have to anticipate that you're going to need to either replace him or just add more pieces around him to make his job easier. And I think that's what the Chiefs could do. They could still take a tight end in the middle of the draft. Who knows? But TJ Hawkinson is the guy that you look at and you say that's the kind of guy you want on your team because he will make an ultimate difference and the Chiefs can average 100 points a game. Yeah, and it makes total sense too with VH. He's constantly talking about looking ahead and and making moves, thinking about the future, you know, and – that, that it would make total sense to to prepare for the demise of Travis Kelsey. So, and all of this, like or, Trevor yeah. Trevor alluded to in the last segment, all of this is hinging upon a particular situation that I think every single Chiefs fan is fully aware of, unless you've been living in outer space for the last you know seven days or so. Uh, and it's the Tyree Kill situation. Uh, there's no mystery about it, and unfortunately, there's really no news as to what is going on. So we can sit here and speculate for another segment, uh, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the reports that we have been hearing uh, as far as what his future is going to be in Kansas City, regardless of the outcome of this uh, particular situation. Um, There has been a lot more talk as far as the details surrounding Tyreek Hill's contract, um, regardless of even before um, these these, uh, altercations, these speculations, all these things came out. Uh, according to Jay Glazer, let me let me go ahead and just say Jay Glazer has been nails. Oh yeah, uh, he called the OBJ trade months ago, and he got like death threats for that. Mm-hmm. And that dude's been owning fools on Twitter oh, ever I since. I love it, dude. I it, love Jay Glazer so it, much. Yeah, it's been great. He's one of the most connected guys oh, in yeah. uh, the sports world, working for Fox Sports. Yep. Um, and he was asked a question about that. There's any uh, updates about the Tyreek Hill situation? Uh, I believe it was yesterday. It was a Q and A. His quote was, "I don't think the league will jump to do something very quickly." 
It will take them time because of the severity and sensitivity of the matter. On a separate note, even if none of this happened, this is the key part here, guys. Yeah. Even if none of this happened, there were questions in Kansas City about whether they would re-sign Tyreek Hill. I heard some rumblings at the start of free agency that his name was being thrown around in trade talks. Yep. But at the same time, thought it had to do with his contract more than anything else. I think this one will make a ver- will take a little while to play out. End and quote. I read some articles too feeding off of that about before this actually this news broke about him about the trade talks involving Odell. I heard some rumblings about him being involved in Odell Beckham trade coming to Kansas City before the Browns took advantage of that situation. And that made a lot of sense to me. You know, maybe us trading like a first round pick or one our first round pick and or a second round pick in Tyreek or something like that, you know. But I mean, taking on that money would because we were planning on paying Tyreek more than Odell. Yeah. Or so at, I mean, at least right it, at it. It would, it yeah, would make yeah. sense to make a lateral move like that through to a guy like Odell, who I think is a better talent. Um, maybe not as electrifying as Tyreek is or a game breaker kind of player is. He's a better wide receiver. He's a better Odell talent. A better wide receiver. Overall, yes. He's a natural, Overall. better natural because Tyreek had a grow into a wide receiver because originally he was like a running back a return specialist kind of guy but he it's amazing what he's done with his career so far but yeah i mean th- just hearing about that pos that being a possibility i mean obviously it can't be a possibility now but that being a uh something that was being pondered was quite interesting hearing that so i don't know man i mean uh yeah i mean it, like continuing with this like what what would we do if we were going to trade him who would we try to get what would we try to get for him that's the thing I'm thinking about. What were we trying to do if we were going to trade him? Well, that's the that's the tough thing about it because you, you look at it just from the naked eye and you say, okay, 25 years old, yeah. unbelievable talent, maybe the best like game breaking player in the NFL, non quarterback. Uh, I think he has a cap hit of 17.5 thousand this right. year. Like oh, man. no money whatsoever, that's no money whatsoever that, that anybody have to pay. <laughs> don't you think? What that does that is change? His, and, don't you think it was his agent that leaked the the idea though that he was going to get be the highest paid player? I think yes, I definitely think that so. Expe- like especially with because you got to think about that it's all about angling, right. and and the Chiefs if they were thinking about like at least at least entertaining trade thoughts that his agent would do what's ever best for the player and saying okay well we're going to leak that the Chiefs are planning on signing him to the biggest the deal ever yeah, that would only make sense but we would have yeah. been on board with that yeah. I think all of us would have been on board with because we you felt like he earned it. He's he's completely outperformed his his rookie contract by a mile and a half. Yep. Uh, he's only twenty five years old. And I've always said that I would lock up him now because you don't want to be signing players like that into the thirties. Undersized wide receiver. That's big, why it's so funny what the Raiders did with yeah, Antonio Brown. The big thing with me was the chemistry issue with with Mahomes. Right. I didn't want him to lose that threat, man. And I mean, you go back to the fourth and nine play against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ra- the Rams game. He was he was so electric in that one. I mean, he's he's blown by the Patriots in the regular season games. I mean, he's done so much great for this team, and his traded value would be insane. But with this speculation and with all these things involved, whether he did or not, like Jay Glazer said, yeah. the Chiefs have. I do believe that it's, it's a legitimate concern. The Chiefs have trust issues with him. Yeah, and I understand why. For a good reason. I mean, they they took a gamble on him to begin with, with all the stuff he did back in college. And it's going to be with him for the rest of his life, you no matter know, who, what he who, does. Yeah, who is he hanging yeah. out with? You know, who is he surrounding himself with? Why is there even allegations to begin with? You know, it's it's something that you know it is it is cause for concern. And like I said, we like we've said, there's so much up in the air still right now, and, and it's and it's and it's foggy. Um, it's crazy how they reported this story about what eleven twelve was it? Yeah, fuck. But two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and still no fucking well, word. Yeah, but yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, I mean. 
Yeah, I don't know. It, well, it makes me nervous, man. I don't know if it's a good thing that there's no yeah, news or a bad thing. There's no news. Well, it's no like, news is good news. Uh, that's well. Okay, but well, let me put it Sometimes. like this. Let me put it like this. Therese Paler, a guy I trust almost more than anybody out yeah. there. Uh, he lived here for 13 years and reported for the Kansas City Star and was a Chiefs beat writer for a long time. Uh, his recent quote on his on his podcast with Charles Robinson states, "Quote: Even if Tyreek ends up getting exonerated, being exonerated, and he gets an extension, there's going to be multiple protections in there." There's just going to be just because the situation hasn't been good or for anybody. Now, a little background on this. Look, I've lived in Kansas City for 13 years, as you know. What I can say is this, and this is the key part, guys. Johnson County Police, which is where this happened, Overland Park, very aggressive prosecuting. Okay, so I'm just telling you that police department doesn't really have doesn't really have a reputation. There's no real history of sweetheart deals there. So, like, with respect to this ongoing thing. That's just something I've heard, and I know that I know that to be the case. So, like many people, we're going to wait to see what happens. We're all over that. So, this is the point I'm going to go with on that. Therese Paler basically stated the OP police are not going to play favorites here. If they have an opportunity to prosecute a player, they're going to do it. It doesn't matter if it's Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana. Yeah. They're going to prosecute they you according to the law. To now, the silence, I do agree with you, Eddie. I think the longer this has been silent, the better it's going to be for the Chiefs, the, the chances of him being a Chief this next season. Yeah. If, if you're asking me right now if I'm a betting man, I definitely think he's going to play next season with the Chiefs. Yeah. I think that if he was guilty of what was what was supposedly uh, unofficially uh, him being attached yeah. to, I think it would have already been known, and it, well, the Chiefs have already made action accordingly. Yeah, and especially with the trust issues that the, this organization, organization already has with the Cream Hunt situation just happening last season. It, this definitely, this situation alone, whether he's guilty or not, definitely hinders his ability to become a chief for long term. Um, I think this, if they say he, he's not found guilty, I still think it could possibly be a situation where he, you know, plays this year out, doesn't get anything extended, and then gets franchise tagged. Hopefully, we win a Super Bowl within any, one of these two seasons where he's here, still, still here, and then he's, you know, maybe, maybe getting the boot. That's a possibility, man. I, I can, especially I if we see, take another offensive that. weapon in yes. these next two drafts. Say we replace him with another wide receiver. I mean, who and I can man? see that. I mean, yeah. I can see the Chiefs actually doing that. Just you know, not signing, not signing him to a to a long term deal, like he said. Yeah, and just play him out, franchise tag him, see what comes about. Well, I had actually asked the question today on our Facebook page, the Spoken, yeah. and on our uh, Twitter account at the poll, yeah. at the Spoken PC um, on this on the Spoken PC on Twitter. Uh, we got almost 300 votes on that. 63% Ooh. of people said that they would sign Tyreek Kill right now to a long-term deal. I said no. I, I was one of the uh, voters said no. And on I, Facebook, I would, yeah. on Facebook, 39, 39 voters said uh, they would sign Tyreek. Only 16 said they wouldn't. Now I was one of the 16. I, I do want to give I do want to <laughs> give our guy Noah Kaufman yep. uh, a little shout out because he did he did make a really good point on this, and it's something that you guys kind of talked about. I agree with him. He said Noah Kaufman said, I don't trust the situation. Even if he isn't directly involved, someone in his circle is. You are the company you keep. He needs he needs to eliminate the negative influences before I trust guaranteeing him millions. That is a very that is one of the best I, points I think yes. anybody said because it is true that the people you surround yourself with, even if you're not directly guilty, it does make you guilty by association in some form. Now, do I think it's cuttable? Do I think it's no? I don't. I don't think the Chiefs would just outright cut him because of the company he keeps. Yeah. But I do believe the Chiefs would say, "Hey, look, we're going to give you a long term deal, 
But first of all, it's not going to be this record-breaking deal anymore. Yeah. Your guaranteed money got cut at least yeah, in half. And here's the other part. Be. You have all these protective pieces in your contract now to where if you fuck up one more time, we can get out of it and not pay you any of your guaranteed money or just a small portion of it. Yeah, and the thing is, man, that's that's touchy about this situation in particular is, is the people he's surrounding himself with his toxic relationship with his fiance? Because who knows if the, I don't know what's going to come of this. We still don't know. But say she's the one, you know, that that hit the child or, you know, and he didn't report it or that's why he's not really a suspect or whatever. Are they going to pressure him to maybe get out of this relationship or kind of choose? I don't that's, think that's the chiefs could. Yeah, I don't think they, I don't saying. think they could do that. They, I, I get what you're saying. But they they could, you can pressure if you can pressure someone to, you know, change their scene and change but, who they're around. What if the scene is his fiance? But I don't think they're. That's gonna, a tough thing to think about, though. Yeah, man. but I don't think the chiefs are going to be like, "Hey, you, if you want to be a drop chief, this broad, yeah, yeah, you you got to drop your." Oh, I get your, it. I'm just saying like that for him, that's a tough thing. You know, what does he do in that situation? Because I, I mean, I, being I mean, a guy in a toxic relationship like yeah. that could be. I'm not saying that's what is happening. I'm just saying speculating if that's the situation that comes about after the investigation's over. If he's smart enough this this uh, this year, uh, I doubt he will get an extension, but. He has to be smart, and and he has to prove to the Chiefs that he wants that extension. You know what I mean? Like he has to eliminate those uh, friends, so-called friends that he has, or if, if has his relationship, yeah, if his point, yeah. if his relationship is toxic, he has to let go. You, the Chiefs cannot go in there and say, "Hey, you got to cut that friend, cut that friend, cut that friend." I, I just don't see the Chiefs doing that, but. If Tyreek really wants that extension, he has to be the one that lets lets go of those toxic friends, relationship, whatever. Yeah, the Chiefs can I don't think the Chiefs not only would can't do that as far as like telling him what to do with his personal life, but I don't think they want to. Uh, you know, you're a grown yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you're a grown exactly. man. We don't got time to, to worry about that. We trust that you're going to go out there and be a man and do what you need to do to represent not only us, but yourself in the best way possible. Yeah. And I think that's what's so frustrating about all of this. Even if he is exonerated, I'm with I'm with uh, Jay uh, Glazer. I'm with Therese Paler and what they're saying. Even yeah. if he's exonerated, we're never going to forget about this. It's never just going to no. go away. No. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because, damn it! Like you saw my reaction uh, first, Eddie, when, uh. when when this news came out. I was so down about this because <laughs> not 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 man. just as a Chiefs fan because obviously this guy is so pivotal to our success. In my opinion, I, I do believe Patty could lead us to Super Bowls without him, but it makes it that much easier with a guy like Tyree Kill. But I, I'm I'm disappointed because of the person because I have defended this guy yeah, so much. For him, yes, yeah. and I want to see the redemption story. Yeah. I want to see a guy, you know, take his life in control and say, you know what, I've made my mistakes, but damn it, I'm about to make myself a legacy here for my kids. I'm going to restore my legacy. I'm going to take this tarnished look and turn it into something good, like Michael Vick did. Like a lot of these guys have done in the past, and I and I get I got so disappointed when I'm just seeing his name attached to it. Now I do believe there was some sensationalism with this. I think the Kansas City Star really screwed up with this, and they've apologized about some of the things they did or how the, the mishandlings about the broken Passive arm. Aggressively, yes, yeah. the broken arm that ended up being recanted that had nothing to do with these uh, these uh, uh, police uh, reports, anything like that. And guys, let's 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 again let's talk about it. He's not to this point at least been a suspect. The investigation has him involved. Yeah. He's not an actual direct suspect. He's simply being spoken to by the police. Yes. So uh, he he yeah. pro more than likely, like I said, I'm I'm gonna put some good money on it that at training camp, yeah. we're gonna see Tyreek Hill on this team. But the point of emphasis is this that guarantee that that big contract that was whether it was from his agent or if it was it was true or not, whether the Chiefs were really gonna do that or not, we don't know that for certain. But if it was true, it's gone. 
Well, it's and, gone. And the other point of emphasis is say he gets back, say this is all clear. Is the trade talk still going to continue? And say if we do trade him, what what are we going to trade him for? I mean, how are we going to replace that speed? How, I mean, how many other guys are there out there that we could trade for uh, in a package to replace that? Kind I would of just hope somebody the draft can come up and you know. Like, I don't know, uh, man. That, that, it's I don't a, know if there's a receiver in the draft that could replace. It's, it's a gamble. That. It's if, a it's a gamble. If the overall, Chiefs, if the Chiefs were serious about trading him, and let's say that was something they were looking at, and I'm the Chiefs, I can't expect a franchise to give me away the farm because of Tyreek Hill now, as this currently sits, as it currently sits. Now, if we get an Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, Therese Paler type of bomb dropped where it says Tyreek Hill was there's no charges, there's nothing there, maybe it's a little bit better. But as it currently stands, that the Chiefs are out there trying to trade, you know, for draft picks or right. you know, a player and picks, things like that. I don't again with the whole leverage thing with the Texans, with Jadavian Clowney, things like that. The Chiefs don't have a lot of leverage right now because although there are teams out there that absolutely love Tyreek Hill, yeah. I think those types of teams would say, "Look, if you're desperate to trade him right now, that tells me one thing: you might be releasing him soon." Oh, yeah, and especially, so especially, especially why the hell would we trade? So hold off, yeah. yeah. So why don't we just hold off? And then we can offer Tyreek Hill as much money as possible to sign him. And then we're not out any picks. We're not out any players. And we just added Tyreek Hill to the fold. And I know the teams, the first ones that would be out there. The just, Patriots, the Browns, yeah. teams like that. <laughs> and those two teams would directly affect the Chiefs' chances yes. of getting to a Super Bowl. Yeah. You don't think the Chiefs are thinking about that right now? So although I do think they're, I think Jay Glazer's right. I think there is the chance that they were looking at least at one point to trade him. Because I do think that they have trust uh, issues with like, him. I, I see the Odell Beckham trade. Like if if that it I can sense. I can see that. Yeah, it's almost yes, a lateral it, move. Exactly. Because yeah. you're gonna pay a guy almost the exact same amount, but you're gonna get a better player in return. I can see that. I can I can see that maybe that being that trade talk per se that they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just. I don't know what they would even trade for, though. I mean, the only other guy, like speed-wise, that I think could compare to Tyreek in this league to 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 get a guy that can go over the top with that kind of speed is like a John Ross from Cincinnati. Oh God, no. he, I, I he sucks think, out loud. I don't think he sucks. he sucks out loud. He's kind of a one-trick pony, but I do think he's a guy that has game-breaking speed. I'm just I'm just throwing that name out there as a guy that but, has comparable speed. But yeah, I, I mean, not gonna, do you need yeah. speed or? Just somebody that can make those plays. If the Chiefs are going to trade Tyreek Hill, they're not getting a player that compares to him. No. They're not going to get a speedster wide receiver. They're going to get top-tier draft picks, as, as good of a draft pick as they can, accumulate them as far as like multiple draft picks and maybe a player involved. NFL, NFL trades are a lot different than the NBA trades and MLB yeah. trades where you're not looking at players as much as draft picks. So for me, it would go against what the Chiefs are actually trying to do for 2019 if they yeah. actually ended up trading Tyreek Hill. Comes down to what Andy Reid wants for his offense. What kind of what kind of scheme he has in his mind moving forward with this Patrick Mahomes? Because obviously Patrick Mahomes is going to make whoever is on that field better. Yes. So I think I think you know this Sammy Watkins is chomping at the bit right now with this Tyreek Hill news because he's looking at making even maybe even more money or continuing this contract with the Chiefs because we were looking at maybe let him go after this year or something. You know, shipping him off, but. We saw how valuable Sammy Watkins was in the AFC Championship, too, when Tyreek Hill only had one catch. Every time he was on the field this year, he was producing very. Yeah, the Chiefs averaged over 38 points a game when Sammy Watkins over three points more per game than what they were averaging. The only issue I have with Sammy Watkins is the injury. The injuries. That that, that is it. That's the only issue I have with him. Other than that, he's he's a great player. Back to to Tyreek and and, and just my full form as far as these scenarios that we can build as far as trade, as far as long-term contracts. Uh, things of that nature. I think there's a much greater chance 
that the Chiefs would keep him. And like you guys talked about, even Clay Windler, our producer, uh, had had hinted on Twitter that you know they would franchise tag him, maybe even tag him again, and then let him walk around 27, 28 years old. Now, I, I, I get that, but you're talking about a lot of guaranteed money you'd have to give him because you have to give him market value. Yeah. So you're looking at probably paying him 15 to 18 million a year on one-year deals. That's fine, but that's a lot of cap hit for the Chiefs. Are they willing to do that, or would they rather give him a three-year deal, four-year deal that has less guaranteed money? Because like I said, guys, the Chiefs have all the leverage in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chiefs can say, look, we're going to give you a three-year deal. It's going to be worth $40 million in total, and 18 to 20 of that's guaranteed. He really can't say no to that right, right now. And you, and you look back a couple of episodes ago when I was talking about the Chief, Chiefs having leverage just from drafting him where we drafted him and giving him a chance to be in this league. Now we have even more leverage. You know, and, th- and my tone obviously has changed, not wanting to give him the big contract now f- from just a couple of weeks ago, talking about how I'd want to sign him over Chris Jones right now. That's obviously changed, man. Chris Jones is obviously more deserving of that money now, and I think that's what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, we we got, I and mean, I think we got to abuse our our leverage and our power that we have over Tyreek right now, and it's a business, man. You know, if we have somebody that we can't trust to come to work and 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 you know and not have off field issues that's going to cause you to be absent or gone from the league entirely and ruin your own life, then we're not going to invest in you. Yeah, and this is why I'm actually on the other side of this about the what when I give him a long term long term contract. I actually would because of the fact that's why that, you're not good at business, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> As we're in the KC cool. here, just <laughs> who, are you? who are you? No, so so this, this is why. Hear me out, hear me out. And and maybe I'm seeing this the wrong way. And I'm not trying to make this for argument's sake. Yeah. I really I, if I'm the if I'm the Chiefs, I can see it both ways. If I'm sure. the Chiefs, I'm sitting Tyreek Hill down because like I said, I'm going off the speculation that he's not going to be found guilty in this. Yeah. So if we find out he's exonerated, he's not going to be cut, you know, he's not going to be in trouble. Then this is what I do with Tyreek. I'm like, look, man, this has caused a lot of drama, and you know what kind of franchise we are. We're by the book. We don't stand for this type of stuff at all. We don't appreciate what you've kind of put us through, and we don't appreciate that this has been an ongoing situation even after we took this gamble on you, even as a fifth-round pick. So what we're going to do now is we're going to offer you this contract. It's going to lock you up for the next three to five years, but your guaranteed money, which was, let's just say it was yeah. $60, 70000000 million, well, that just got cut in half. Yeah. So we're going to offer you, like I said, three to five year deal that's worth at most a max deal, you know, $50 million, $60 million and 25, 25 of that's guaranteed. Or put the hundred, a hundred percent of the pressure on him. Say he's not guilty. Put the hundred of the pressure, hundred percent of the pressure on him and make him prove it this year. Right. Again, why not? He's a young stud. He's in the best position possible. That's offensively. That's kind of where I'm at. I think, yeah. that, I think that if Pay they, if they want to wait until after the season, they yeah. can do that. The problem is, is that you're, then you're talking about free agency and there'll be a team crazy enough to, so you could franchise tag them and then try to work on a long-term that's what deal. I think is happen. You could do that. Yes. But like I said, the market value, so you're going to be paying him a lot of guaranteed money anyway, next season. So we can, yeah. Do you really want to do that when you're talking about making him prove it? That's the whole thing because you obviously know. Then we've talked. You just said it. I don't care if it gets con- it to a, if it gets us to a Super Bowl and we win it. I don't give a damn. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, what, you know what I'm saying because although we are in an all-in mindset, yeah, the Chiefs have to be looking down the road. Yeah, I think that's and what Beach is doing, man. I, I'm I'm just saying, yeah. guys. I will give Tyreek another chance with this because oh, yeah. if he was found guilty and somehow, some way, the Chiefs decided, you know, we're still going to keep him. I'm not touching yeah. that. But <laughs> if he is happen. exonerated, I'm basing this all on that. Guilty, so let's not get this gone, twisted. Dude. Let's not get this twisted. If he is exonerated and we come to find out that he really wasn't a, a suspect in this, he really didn't hurt his son, he really didn't hurt his his, his fiance, 
then I'm saying, great, we're, we're going to sign you long-term, but because of the drama and because of the fact we do have our trust issues, we're not going to give you the deal that you and your agent really wanted. And again, we don't even know if the Chiefs were going to give him that. Right. Yeah. And trade talks. I mean, right. that's, yeah, for sure. Now, we his, have no idea what's his going value, on. his talent, his age, all those things do, do hint to the Chiefs would have to pay him a lot of money. Because Odell Beckham and him, although I do think OBJ is the better overall receiver, that is an argument. You could make a legitimate argument that Tyreek Hill is up there with OBJ. Yeah. So with the market value of OBJ's contract, you'd have to assume almost that they would have to pay him close to that amount, if not more. Because we were just talking a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We were all talking about it. Like, I oh, said he oh was, he's going to get that contract. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say that. I said I didn't agree that he was going to get Odell money. And obviously, that's proven to be right right now. But I think the trade talks are. Uh, dead right now i don't think because you want to trade him at an all-time high value that's the whole point of exactly. trading an elite player um and i don't think you know i think the trade talks are dead just because of the fact that he's under investigation and why would why trade him now it makes no sense to trade him now so i'm pretty sure those trade talks are dead because those are pre-investigation talks so yeah, if he's not guilty he's going to be a chief um unless we cut him like a dumbass but that that's not going to happen he's going to be a chief i'm pretty sure if he's not guilty so that, I'm, I'm with you on that and so uh, we're going to leave it at there. Um, I think that's all, everything we could really say about this this topic and conversation. Obviously, we're hoping there's more to it uh, within the next few days that we hear something because obviously we're all on pins and needles as far as Chiefs fans are concerned. Wanting to know because, like you said, Trevor, uh, everything that this offseason is going to do from here on out, the Chiefs are going to do from this point out, is going to be uh, based on this situation. Adam Schefter had said it on his podcast that he believes that this is the biggest offseason story yeah, over Odell Beckham's uh, being it's traded to the Browns, yeah. he believe Adam Schefter, the mo- maybe the most connected man in football sources, is is saying that he thinks well, yeah, this is we're the talking biggest about the MVP's biggest weapon, right? So I mean, that's a big deal. It's a very pivotal moment in time with the Chiefs and Tyree Kill. So uh, obviously, we'll be giving you guys our reactions to this as news comes. Hopefully, by this time next week, we have some sort of uh, resolution or an idea of what's going to happen. So uh, in the meantime, guys, we're going to leave it. Like I said, right there. When we come back. Uh, there's a former chief that decided to join a team that's owned the chiefs for a long time. And uh, I think that we might see him again in the playoffs. We'll be back for that after this. Casey hard goods is the brainchild of local Kansas city degenerate Scott Reinerson born from a passion of old materials and custom designs, specializing in reclaimed wood, burned art and signs and upcycled leather wallets and accessories. Follow Casey hard goods on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Back at it on the Spoken Podcast for segment four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with Eddie Ortiz, Trevor Twidwell. What's up, people? We're here in the Casey Beardco Studios recording, giving (sighs) you guys what we got, which is, uh, so far it's been a lot. I mean, like I said, we have a lot to discuss. It feels like that every week, and that's a great thing. Otherwise, we'd just be rambling about the same shit, and I don't (laughs) want to be doing that. So um, I do want to start the segment off, um, first of all, kind of on a, on a, a sobering note. There's been some reports. Everybody is fully aware of what happened to uh, Alex Smith this last season against the, I believe it was the Texans. That was unfortunate. Um, had a severe leg injury. Yeah, um, sucks. It was it was really really rough to watch. Um, and obviously his season ended. He's been on this weird cast ever since. Thirty four, soon to be thirty five years old. He's had a great, I mean, a, a long standing career. Number one overall pick in the two thousand five draft. Had his time here in Kansas City. He's played. He played only, I think, eight or nine games in Washington. Uh, according to some reports, it does look like his uh, future in the NFL is diminishing. Yeah, and, and, and it may pro- he probably won't play again in the NFL. Now, 
That sucks for him, obviously, because you don't want to see someone's career end that way. But it really sucks for Washington because of the fact that, that, yeah, this year I think he has 19 million in total guarantees that they have to pay him. (laughs) And I think in total it's 33 million that they still have to pay him in guaranteed money. Now they do have like a $12 million, some sort of policy that they can recoup uh, some of that money. But regardless, on either end of it, no matter what you want to look at, it just really sucks. Um, Anybody that knows me, uh, that's followed me for any length of time. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. deeply in love with Alex Smith. I was so broken up when he, they tried. I know. I, I was so, he, I was so broken crying. up. Yeah. I was so broken up when they fleeced Washington, yeah. uh, when that trade, but <laughs> no, and, and also in all seriousness, man, I look, these things affect more than the player. They affect the person, they affect his family. And I would never in my worst moment of my life, wish that on him or any other player, whether I was a fan of his or not, it really sucks that that happened. From everything I've heard, the dude's an awesome guy, and I and my heart goes out to him, and I hope that he can make it back on that field. I hope he can play and go out on his terms, not the fate of just some horrific injury. So my heart goes out to Alex and his family, and I really um, hope he can get back. My only question is, is it because of the infection he got? He, he got? After the surgery, yes, or is I, it I think because the, the injury itself. The injury itself is the biggest reason. Um, according to the reports, it looks like the injury and his age, it's going to be really, really tough. Well, He's I mean, going to miss this next season. How for many sure. quarterbacks have you seen come back from a major injury like that and still be yeah, not a productive I mean, player? The, the first thought that comes the first thought that comes to my mind is Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. But see, when Teddy suffered what his, I believe he, he was since? 24 years old. Right. So he was about 10 years younger than Alex but Smith. Still, so. he didn't shatter a bone. Oh, uh, he had some severe ligament he, damage, but yeah, he separated like his whole knee like came apart yeah. from his leg, which is weird. Yeah, still, it, I don't think it's as severe as actually breaking a bone and piercing through your skin. And uh, I, mean, I mean, it's just Joe Theismann all over again, which is super ironic. But yeah, and obviously look what happened to Joe Theismann after that. I mean, I know he's a little older at the time, but still, or a similar age, I guess. But thirty-three yeah. years to the day, I think that was yeah. the day that Joe and Theismann, Joe Theismann was at the game. Yeah. This is a weird, bizarre situation. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's like a Twilight Zone episode, man. Yeah. But well. Shout out to Alex, man. Yeah, Ho- sad, hope man. he hope he can actually come back for sure to the league. Maybe play a couple more seasons. Yeah, and to, yeah. and moving now, moving to another former, for a new sure. another former chief that we're gonna have to talk about. This is what this segment's gonna be primarily about. Um, if anybody did not see the news today, it came out the Chiefs, or I'm sorry, former Chiefs outside linebacker Justin Houston agrees to a two year, twenty four million dollar deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, a lot of people have been big on this one. Uh, Chris Ballard, formerly with the Chiefs, now the GM of the Colts, mm-hmm. had his attachments to Justin Houston. It makes a lot of sense. They had a lot of cap space to work with. He's the kind of guy that really fits their scheme, which is ironic because uh, the Chiefs said that they're getting rid of Justin Houston, and a lot of us believed that it's because of the fact that he wouldn't fit a 4-3 scheme. And then he goes to a team that plays yeah. a 4-3 scheme. So yeah. he's going to be a defensive end in that we defense as well. Salary. Yeah, and, and I was listening to uh, Colin Cowherd earlier today about this, and Colin was talking big about this. He said he really liked this move, and I, I kind of thought, thought it was funny just in my own mind because I can't recall a time that he ever talked – and I'm saying he as in Colin Coward yeah. – never once heard him talk about Justin Houston in Kansas City, but the moment he goes to Indianapolis, all of a sudden it's a great move. It's it just because it's a headline. It's news. Yeah, exactly. So I do think – and and I'll, I'll let you guys get your thoughts on this, but real quick, I, I do think this was a solid move for the, for the Colts. Um, I, I definitely think he's a fill gap. 
uh, a, an effective player still by all means. You saw him in the playoff game against the Colts, ironically. Yeah. Was probably the best player on the field yes. that night. Oh, I, yeah. You could make that case. He was such a game changer on that defensive side from the moment the game started to the very end. This guy was in the backfield making Andrew Luck's life a living hell. Well, even, so, even in the game we lost back in the day, what, 2014 against them. Uh, he was playing great before he got injured in that game. He was yeah. one of the best players in that game, and then when he got hurt, everything changed. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, and and, and it just it's it's kind of like the Eric Berry situation when we talked about looking back on a on a legacy of a player. Uh, Justin Houston was was such a dominant force in that 2014 season when he bet on himself. Oh man. And had them had him 22 sacks. I mean, the dude. I think only four players in NFL history have ever had 22 sacks in a season. He's yeah. one of them. Yeah. And he bet on himself. That's one of the most baller moves ever. You know, he season. did. He didn't take that contract at the time. He said, no, I'm betting on myself. And he didn't give himself a fat contract. So all respect to Justin. I'm very happy for him. Uh, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because obviously, there we go. See, Ed, Eddie's watching the Mexico game over there too. When <laughs> no, he's, <I'm> not. <laughs> he's multitasking. And I think, I, did Mexico just score? They did. Very nice, man. They're very nice. Two, two oh, no. Congratulations nice. to that. Viva la Mexico. <laughs> so here we go. I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this because it isn't just that Justin Houston was a former chief. There's much more to this now. He's playing now for a team that is arguably going to fight with the Chiefs for the AFC title. The Colts are a really good team. They got a lot of cap space. Yeah. They're going to probably make some really good moves in the draft because Chris Ballard knows football and he's a very effective GM. Oh, yeah. With this move, how do you think it's going to affect the Chiefs? And do you think, guys, that we could potentially see a rematch between the Colts and the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs? I can see a I can see a definite rematch uh with the Colts. It would be great to see Justin Houston back in Kansas City, you know, trying to get to Patrick Mahomes. You know, it would just be great. It would be good. I think it would be a great game. I'm so excited for it, man. I I wish I wish Justin Houston nothing but success with the Colts. I, I know it's a AFC rival and everything, but you know, just want to see a former chief succeed in the league. I think it's the perfect move for Justin Houston. Perfect destination for him as far as terrain being able to play in a dome as an aging player um you know the no not not having to deal with Kansas City weather um you know and the and the the bipolar weather that it is um but like I said him being an aging player with, with you know aging knees um and being able to play in a dome and him being such a great locker room presence for that you know younger core really on that Colts defense um and a lot of inexperienced guys in that defense um and something for them to build upon and have a voice in that locker room is important. Um, but as far as a rematch goes, I'm all for a rematch, man. As long as it's in Kansas city, making yeah. Andrew luck play outside of his, his comfortability, oh, his comfort zone playing. I mean, we look, look, we saw how uncomfortable he was playing that cold Kansas city weather the and, snow, how, and how, and how, how, how good Patrick Mahomes looked in that. I mean, I, I'm all for it, man. Bring it. If you want to come to KC, as long as it's in KC, I'm 100% comfortable with, with that matchup. Yeah. Um, I love it. I'm more comfortable with that matchup than the Browns right now. I'll tell you that because <laughs> the Browns play in cold weather, just like the Midwest and it being in the Midwest as well. So they would be more prepared than a dome team would. So yeah, I'm all for it, man. Bring it. I, I think that if you're looking at these types of moves, um, I don't want to sound too arrogant or, you know, I don't want to sound, I may, I don't want to sound like a naive chiefs fan here. I don't want to sound like a, a lofty chiefs fan here, but if you're looking at some of these moves, it feels like every team in the AFC that knows they're going to be a contender or at least has a good inclination they will be are making moves to prepare for Matt Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, look at the Broncos. 
They just had their first back-to-back losing season since the 70s. I'd be questioning if they weren't making moves like that. Right. And they, and they, they <laughs> like, go and get... It makes sense. Now, I don't think the Browns, the Broncos are making good moves, obviously. Oh, no. they, but but, but let's, let's preface that. Let's preface that. You want to call them good moves? Let's pre- yeah, let's look Joe Flacco, Flacco's man. in his pitting his prime. Yeah, according to <laughs> 34-year-old Joe Flacco, he's got a second win, boys and girls. Yeah, he hasn't even hit his first win. Holy <laughs> hell. No, I, you, you look at some of these moves these teams are making, you can tell that they're prepping for Patrick Mahomes. It would not shock me in the slightest of teams like the Broncos and the Patriots all take edge rushers in the first round of this draft. Same yeah. with the Colts, even. All with they're the Raiders, double down. The Raiders signing perfect. And, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You look at it's reactionary. Yep. He is literally changing the dynamics of the AFC in particular, even the NFL, but particularly the AFC, because these teams are going to have to face him in order to get to the dance, the Super Bowl. And so for me, when I first heard it, that's what I, I tweeted it out. I was like, we'll be seeing you soon because I truly believe the Colts. They might shock some fools. I mean, it's very early. Oh, we, they shocked we people even, this past year. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to our predict. I mean, we're months away from that. Yeah. But the Colts are a team that I'm taking very seriously because Andrew Luck is an elite quarterback. Fi- yes, yes, yes. Top five quarterback in the league. Yes. And he he's finally got himself health. That was the main thing. Obviously, you don't have your health, you don't have anything. I love it. He's Luck. finally on the Big field. Man. Yeah. It, unfortunately for them, they ran into the buzzsaw known as the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, in got place. the ass beat. Absolutely. Okay. But if they would not have faced the Chiefs in the first in that first or the divisional round, I think we would could have potentially faced in the AFC Championship. And I say that as if they could have potentially beaten the Patriots. Great offensive line. Yes, they yeah, match up I mean, better with the Patriots than sure. matched up with the Chiefs. So I definitely think the Colts see that on the horizon. Like, dude, we have got to start building a team to beat Patrick Mahomes. Yep. And I think that it's like, what better way to do it than a guy that Chris Ballard's familiar with, a guy that's familiar with Patrick Mahomes and the weaknesses he sees, and not Patrick Mahomes' game necessarily, but in the offensive line and what they try to do. He knows Andy Reid's schemes. He knows their style. That's the kind of guy you want to get. And I think this is a home run hit for the for the Colts because I think it takes their defense that was horrible at pass rushing this year yeah. to the next level. I don't think he's going to be a double-digit sack guy. I don't even think he's going to play 80% of the snaps. I definitely think, though, this is going to be a guy they put on there on the third downs, on those distance plays where they're going to have to get that to the quarterback, on the shotgun plays. He's the guy they're going to put there in the defense. They're going to pick their spots with him, and he's going to be very effective if healthy. Oh, yeah, and it's funny seeing two different teams like the Colts and the Browns trying to attack the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in two different ways with the Browns stacking up offensively and the Colts. Supposedly the Colts are still – it's been reported that the Colts are still trying to make big moves defensively too outside of Justin Houston. So I seeing them stack and the Colts defense wasn't wasn't bad last year. Um so them adding up going the defensive route trying to maybe slow down the Chiefs offense um and then the the Browns trying to maybe go for the route to maybe outshoot us which good luck but we dropped 37 on them in that that defense and they actually lost a, a major player Jamie Collins I know they got Richardson but whatever. Um but yeah, just seeing two different teams going at it from two different ways is, is interesting. And it's just fun being the team. It almost I know we're not the Patriots, but it almost feels like that in a sense, like teams building and trying to find ways to be to outmatch us and we're that team. That's just interesting, man. It's it's, it's a blast. Well, look at it from team. the Tyron Matthews perspective. I'm gonna bring him into this conversation oh, for yeah. a second. Let's do that. What you just said was was what I, I'm really glad you brought that up because although you know, it's wrong for us to say or almost disrespect the Patriots and saying, like, we're the team to beat. We're the class of the AFC. Why did Tyron Matthew come to Kansas City and not New England? He didn't want to freaking play us. Because yeah. he wants to play with, not against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Well, he said, he said, too, he talked 
He said him and his boys in the locker room would be talking about how they don't want to play us. Right. How many other locker rooms are probably saying that stuff? Absolutely. When you got elite safety saying that. I guarantee you the Colts are a part of that. <laughs> Absolutely. I guarantee you the Colts they don't weren't want to come like, to Arrowhead again. I, yeah, I guarantee they weren't backflipping knowing they were going to come to Kansas City and have right. to play Especially Patty in his house. Yeah. So that's why I said this move, I think, really puts the Colts in a really good position. Again, Justin Houston is no longer the elite pass rusher he once was, but he's still very effective. And on, you know what's weird is before this, before that signing happened, I was going to propose a little weird uh, thought that maybe the Chiefs would consider bringing him back. I thought about that too. on a cheaper deal because they cut him. You know, the guaranteed money's gone, things like that. They could bring him back on a short-term deal. Dare to dream. Yeah, you know that that was something I was going <sighs> to talk about. But th- th- then I saw the Colts do it. I said, man, that makes so much sense that oh, they yeah. would get him. I was expecting him to go to like an Eagles team. You know, the NFC side of the you know somebody was going to overpay for him. It could happen with Eric Berry. Yeah, the, the supporters, supposedly the Cowboys, I think, or the team. He visited that, and he left without a contract. It could happen with Eric Perry, dude. It could. If he I, I, out I, and, and everyone's kind of sketched out about his injury. I'm not ready to revisit that. I'll be honest, Shut man. I, I look, I I don't want to go down this road again. It was I know already dark as it was, but <laughs> I, I don't. I I I made my peace with Eric Berry, his departure. Well, his spirit. Uh, no one cares about your feelings, Lance. His spirit. <laughs> no is one cares about your feelings. <laughs> not attached to him. <laughs> he left his spirit. Soul has KC, left the body. <laughs> did, uh, did, by the way, did Mexico score another goal? Uh, yeah, they're up three one now. All right, congratulations, brother. And that's that's kind of where I'm at with this whole know. Houston thing. I mean, it, I was not. I guess I was shocked, but at the same time, it. it it was it was shocking to see how much money they gave him. Let me just put it like that. Now I don't know if he's ever going to see all of it. But I, I do like him. I'm a Colts fan. I like that he move a, a lot. Solid year, man. He was healthy all year. I mean, for the most part. You for know. the most part, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's still a solid player. Like he's yes. a, a, he graded out as one of the top at his position. So I mean, it's a great move really on the Colts. It. Yeah. I, I well, it, it definitely elevates them to the next level. I think because, yeah. like I said, they just they had a hard time getting the quarterbacks last year. Um, and there, I do th- I do fully expect the Colts to go and get uh, get a, a good team, a premier pass rusher in the draft, or at least at least try to. And add him to next to Justin Houston over the next year or two. So um, that's really all I had to say about that. We wanted to definitely touch on that. We have one more segment coming up. We're going to touch a little bit on the March Madness situation. Uh, Tom Izzo and his uh, freshman Ford. We're going to talk a minute about that. Uh, K State, obviously, and KU. We're going to talk about where they currently stand. Uh, sorry, no Mizzou fans out there. We uh, we missed their game for some weird reason. I don't know what happened. I guess. <laughs> I guess the uh, NIT didn't want to invite him. Anyway, uh, so we're going to get back to that. And, of course, we're going to finish off the show with the fa- our favorite segment of every week, and that is Hold, Hold This L. L. We'll get to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Back at it on the Spoken Podcast for the fifth and final segment of the night. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here with Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Trevor Twidwell. What's up? In the Casey Beard Co. Studios. Uh, no guests tonight. It was kind of a kind of a different feel, which is kind of cool for us because we kind of just, yeah, we kind of just chill and, and talk back and forth. It's been a good night. Uh, a lot of fun talks about Chiefs-related topics, uh, primarily Chiefs-related topics. And so going into that real quick, I want to give a shout-out to our quarterback, Patty Mahomes, for his uh, for landing the Oakley ah, endorsement. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, those are the best-looking ugly glasses I've ever seen in my life. Holy shit. <laughs> Looked like the Terminator needed to Rhodes? steal those off him. I'll be back for my glasses. Rhodes? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. Where we're going, we don't need Great Rhodes. Scott. Like I mean, like I was just waiting for Doc to come Party. out. 
Mario. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> Doc. You know what I mean? Just wait That's the game that came to my mind was back to the Doc. Future. I just wanted to like dub a welder, like a welding machine <laughs> with like the sparks flying past his face <laughs> with the things on. All right, guys. I think we need to bring it back. I'm just saying, <laughs> congratulations to Patrick because this is like one of the 69 endorsements he's going to be getting. Yeah. So congrats to that. I'm sure Hunts is taking care of him. All these other things, but yeah, that, I thought that was uh, awesome, man. I he still want him to bring uh, Waterburger to town. You Hell know? yeah, man! Hell bring yeah. it that's, on. That's one endorsement I'm really hoping happens. Yes. I missed the sauce. Yeah, Patty Mel. <laughs> I missed. Yes, there it is. Patty hey, we need we need to get royalties for that. Yes, you heard it first in the spoken podcast. Trace All right. Hard. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we're going to get into the March Madness side of things because obviously that is the biggest thing that's going on in the world of sports in America. It's mad. Is it? It is. It is. This is March, as the John Rothstein <laughs> likes mad. to say. This is March. Uh, there's been a lot of cool things that have happened. I, I, 610 was saying earlier that they didn't think that this has been a, a good couple of days chalky. so far. But I, I actually I think there's been some pretty cool <laughs> stories. It's been great. At least stories to talk about. Uh, maybe not great stories, but there things been that... There very many competitive games, really. But, true. Yeah. For the most for the part, most you're part. right. You're yeah. right. There's been some upsets, which that is not yeah, surprising yeah. in March Madness. Yeah. But yeah. Um, a couple topics before we get to the local things. Um, a very well-known head coach, uh, one of the best head coaches of all time in college basketball, oh, yeah. Michigan State's Tom Izzo. Uh, it's been a little bit under fire. Um, yesterday, uh, he went off on his freshman forward, Aaron Henry, after having a lapse of judgment on the defensive side in the early second half. Uh, but they ended up winning, uh, beating Bradley 76 to 65. So hindsight, you know, winning in double digits is still a good thing. But there's been a lot of, like I said, all the all the uh, talk shows have been had talking about it. The radio shows have been talking about it, about, you know, when is it too far? When, when do coaches cross the line? And... I watched the video numerous times. Uh, I saw Tom Izzo. He literally ran to half court when he called the timeout. Yeah. Ran after his freshman forward, started waving his finger in his face, made these crazy faces like dead spin, uh, posted that photo of Tom Izzo looking like a rabid dog. I swear to God, I thought he was going to like one-man punch or the, the <laughs> one-inch punch him. I yeah. swear. T- Tommy was definitely upset, and, and I understand it. And, you know, these conversations are always tough for me because if you if you listen to most of the players, whether they're former or current, Almost all of them will always say that's just coaching. Yeah. Um, then on the other side of it, you know, I've heard some other people make arguments on the other side that there's better ways of going about it. And I get that. Yeah. But here's my thing about it. Tom Izzo is who he is for a reason. He's always been that guy. There's there's coaches that have their styles. Yeah. You don't see uh, you know, Brad Stevens acting that way. Phil Jackson Coach didn't K. act that way. Coach K does very, sometimes, sometimes, but not often. Not yeah. you really have to get under his skin. You got to like, see like behind the scenes footage. Yes, to see his, like real. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then you have your emotional coaches like Tom Izzo, Bill Self, Coach Calipari. You know, guys like that that will get in your face and blow up. Oh, for sure. You know, even Greg Popovich is known to do that. Yeah. So every guy has their style, and for me, it's hard for me as a as a as a as a viewer to to have this opinion. To I could tell him how to do his coaching, how to how to go about teaching his kids because. Although I did see a player like push him back a little bit, I think these teams, because they're so close and they spend so much time together, that it is a family. I know that sounds cliche to say, but I think that they it isn't as bad as it looks, if that makes sense. No, yeah. To us, it looks really bad because, like, damn, but we don't understand the relationships between these people. You don't, yeah, you don't see. Imagine what goes on in the locker room. Exactly. I mean, anybody that's played like AAU 
you know, and grew up in the sport, you've been, you've had your ass chewed by coaches. That's something that these kids are scarred and, 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 and calloused and used to, especially and I mean, for me personally, I would want that kind of coach because I know he's going to battle to get, to pull the best out of me. And I heard Chris Broussard, Broussard saying that on his show a couple hours ago. Um, and I 100% agree. I, I it did. He he charged the kid a little bit, which is the only thing is I, I was uncomfortable with is the way he kind of like his body language, kind of how he came at the kid and almost looked like he was going to punch him. He came at him with like a closed fist, but he was just kind of like shaking his fist up and down. You know, I obviously he's not going to touch the kid, but he's kind of always been that guy. He's a fiery in your face guy. Like I said, you can only imagine what goes on in the locker room. And those kids, when they were scouted and, and he sat in him, their family's living room talking about, hey, I'm this coach. You know, those kids chose to come play with him. Right. All those kids were scouted by other schools. They chose to come play with him. So those kids knew what they were getting into for the most part. I mean, yeah, he kind of – I don't think he crossed any, like, personal lines, but that's just who he is, man. And then, like I said, I think those – I think even that kid came on Twitter and was defending him, saying, you know, this is my coach. You know, this is – you know, and, you know, he's going to battle for me, and I, I want – you know, and I think kids respect coaches that do that than when they're used to that. So that's just my yeah. perspective. And, and I don't know, Eddie, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but as a soccer, I mean, in the soccer world, uh, we don't follow it like you do, dramatics. but, but you would say yeah. that, okay, what that there are, uh, coaches that have their own styles oh, yeah. and there, there are some, I'm sure that jump the player's ass oh, a lot more than yeah, another coach. Dramatic. So, give, sure. give me an example of that. Like what coach can you think of that, that does that? And do you, do you get the same type of feedback or backlash that a Tom Izzo would get in the soccer world. No, I, I would, I would uh, put Mourinho up there. Mourinho is uh, one of the one of the greats. Uh, obviously, he doesn't have a job now, but he is known to be one of those coaches to where if you don't listen to what he does, he will either take you out in the first half or just not play you within the next couple couple weeks, three weeks, and you're basically one of the best players he has and. He he's not taking shit from you. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know? So he he's one of the coaches that comes to my my mind as to one of the strictest and you know, if you don't listen, you you're pretty much screwed. Think about I mean, think about all the coaches that have the mentality, and most of them are super successful coaches. Yeah. Greg Popovich, same kind of guy. Yeah. Look at the Kawhi situation. He didn't take Kawhi shit for nothing, dude. He's straight. He's like, you know what? You want to be that guy? You want to backstab me? You want to hold out? See ya. It's just I don't a, care it, how talented you are. You know, guys like that have always, you know, most coaches that have that fiery mentality have always had success and got the best out of their players. And I think, and I loved what he actually, what Coach Izzo uh, said um, post-game. He said that there's no time, for, uh, right now there's no time for my bads. You know, you don't come up to me saying my bad. You know, get your ass out there and fix the problem. Do what I'm telling you to yeah. do the first time I ask you to do it. You know, this is win or go home. And yeah, I, I, that's the mentality you have some, to have in a tournament, man. Right. Yeah, so. Some coaches are just passionate about the sport. You know yeah. what I mean? And, I mean, I respect that. The double standard also is the fact, and there is one, is oh, if, sure. if he wasn't a successful coach, he was to do that, I think that there would be a lot more people that would that would rally around it. But having said that, there again, it comes full circle. Yeah. Tom Izzo was effective in his ways. Now, I do think that could he have maybe conducted himself in a more proper manner? Sure. Yeah. But, but I'm not worried about that. If I'm a fan of Michigan State or I'm I'm a Jayhawks fan, I'll come out and say it right now. I'm a big Jayhawks fan. No doubt. And I've seen throughout the years Bill Self, you know, jump players' asses to a point where I'm like, damn, he's really giving it to this yeah. guy. And LeGerald Vick, for Christ's sake, isn't even on the team because they fan, couldn't. Yeah, as a fan, you love it. Yeah, yeah. as a fan, I want to see him get the most out. And like Trevor said, 
a lot of guys want that. You know, yeah. a lot of guys want a coach that's going to get in their face yeah. and wake them up. Even if you they don't like it that. in the moment, you get pissed off. And a lot of guys, it that, makes that you act, focus. It activates like another level yes. of your intensity when you're out there playing. Cause I remember I was the same kind of guy when I, I mean, I know I wasn't ever like some super athlete, but when I did play sports and the coach was getting in my ass, I was like, okay, I'm going to go prove it to you. You're, all right, you're, you're getting on me. Okay, I'm going to go show you I can do it. Right. And it I'm motivated me up. even more. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not every guy is like that. But that's definitely I, – I think most athletes with that kind of competitive nature, mm-hmm. that that will activate that next yeah, level. Yeah, they, they like that challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, well, it's like, oh, are you doubting me right now? It's like, watch this. Well, unfortunately, that uh, activation didn't happen for one Kansas State today. <laughs> As uh, UC, UC Irvine goes on to <laughs> defeat the, the Wildcats, uh, the Anteaters defeating the Wildcats, 70-64. to 64. Uh, I got a chance to watch a, a majority of this game. And I got to be honest with you, even though Dean Wade, the the uh, the uh, Wildcats best player was out uh, due to his foot injury. I thought that no the, the, I thought that the Wildcats would have enough to get it done against a team like UC Irvine. Um, granted, you know, they're not a great team. I think they are only, uh, I think, a 13 seed. Having said that, uh, the rebounding was obviously in their advantage. They're a bigger, longer team. And you saw that the biggest problem, though, with this game that I had seen was the carelessness from the Wildcats, uh, the fact that they were throwing the ball away that late, uh, the fact that, and I, and I have to criticize Bruce Weber a little bit because although, oh yeah. Oh yeah. although I, 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 you know, uh, their best player out there being, uh, Dar- Barry Brown jr. He struggled pretty much all season. He's been a complete disappointment, but not playing him for, it seemed like almost a full half. Just Cause he had two early fouls. Yeah, I, I get that, it's but my, this is make or break. Yep. And there's no player on this team better than him. It's a risk you have to take, man. Leave yeah. And, and you know, with Snead and him have their, their struggles. It, it just, to me was such a, I'm not, again, I'm not a wildcat fan, but no. I picked this team to win this game because I felt very comfortable that Bruce Weber was going to have his guys prepared. They were going to go out there and have an effective game plan. And they did not do that. They looked flat early and often, uh, were not effective from three land. I mean, they just, they, they came out there and stunk it up. And I, I mean, I'm just going to say it out loud guys. I, I think that maybe the case that K state has peaked a little bit because there's going to be a big change on this team. Can Bruce Weber repatch it? I don't know. Uh, but this loss was rather embarrassing, and and I felt like that was a that was a very frustrating win- loss uh, to end your season, being at the first round, and you had high expectations being a share of the Big Twelve title after fourteen straight years yeah. of the Jayhawks running the Big Twelve. You had your opportunity to really you know establish we'll get yourself. To some of the more of that later. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I, but I think it, there's negative to it, and there's positive to it as as a fan of the Wildcats. It's just nice being a part of this now. You know, I know they've had their run the last few years with this roster and they've had some good young talent, but I know they're going to have to make moves now because all those guys are going to go into the draft and possibly the league. But Bruce Weber is doing his thing. He's, he's, as criticized as he is, he, he is changing the culture of K State. He's actually making them an actual team to even talk about now, which they have never been for a very long time. Um, you know, they've kind of replaced Missouri in this, in this, you know, border rivalry or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll give them the credit. Um, it's, it's hard as a fan to, to deal with this loss in the first round, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think the culture is changing and it's good. I mean, it's good for us as, as KU fans and as, as the, as KU program to have more push and, and, you know, something else to push us to be better. So it's just, it, yeah, it sucks for them, but it is what it is. Shout out to our guy, Kyle, owner of Casey Hemp Company. He's uh, going through it really hard right now because he is a K-State alum. Suck it. So, Kyle, uh, <laughs> love you, man. But uh, 
borderline hold this L on this one, I guess. Because <laughs> that, that, that just sucked. I, I'm sorry, man. I, I really I really thought they were going to win today and oh, kind of hurt my lot. bracket. It, yeah, it hurt a lot of people's brackets, I'm sure. Man. Well, let's let's get to the the winners, uh, the, the rightful heirs to the Kansas throne, uh, the Jayhawks, yeah. uh, a couple nights ago, or last night, rather, uh, went on to work the ass of one <laughs> Northeastern. Uh, they ended up winning 87 to 53. Uh, at one point, at one point, KU had more points in the paint than Northeastern had points, period. Uh, the Lawson brothers absolutely went off. I mean, they had themselves a game. Uh, you're talking about uh, 13 points from uh, uh, baby Lawson and Diedrich Lawson goes for 25 and 11. Uh, they went off and, 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 and this wasn't a shocking win, even though Eddie uh, <clears throat> picked Northeastern to win. <clears throat> Loser. Um, <clears throat> hey, they were close at one point. Yeah, when the ball tip off, they were they were both zero zero. Game. Man. During warmups, yeah. yeah, during warmups, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was tied. Yes, it was yes. a close game. A close you know? game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they, but the Jayhawks just, I think they, for the first time in, in, in at least fourteen years, the Jayhawks have a real chip on their shoulder. They they don't have expectations, which is different for them. They didn't win the Big Twelve. No one is expecting them to make any big run in the in the in the tournament. They have a very tough bracket. This was perfect for Bill Self to make this happen with this team. I'm going to give obviously the Lawson brothers a lot of credit because they led the way. They led the charge. Yeah. But with all the animosity and the crap that the, the Jayhawks have dealt with, with the sanctions, with the injuries to Azabuki, with D'Souza never being able to play, yeah, with that bullshit that went down yeah. with the NCAA, which they're just a complete trash organization. Despite all that, the, the, the Jayhawks went out there and made noise. They went out there and had an effective game plan. They stuck by it. And I really, I, I know Auburn's going to play a better game than they did against New Mexico State. I'm fully expecting Bruce Pearl to have his team prepared. Yeah. But I think the Jayhawks are going to win that game. I know you said before the show today that you think Auburn's going to win that game. Yeah. But I, I feel very confident that the, the Jayhawks are going to win this game because I think they found themselves a chip, and they are leaving that on their shoulder, and they're going to continue to leave it on their shoulder and go as far as they possibly can. Yeah, a chip can only get you so far, though, man. I, I know we'll be highly motivated going off of that, which was a very good matchup for us. Um. And you know, leading into this tournament, we were highly motivated with a bunch, a bunch of guys wanting to prove themselves. I just don't think this roster has what it takes. If they beat Auburn, cool. I don't think they are. I think Auburn's too good of a shooting team, and we struggle against teams. That, say Auburn gets going hot from the perimeter, I mean, we're screwed. I, we do. We struggle against teams that get hot from the from the field, and once they get hot, we we kind of like lose our identity. And if we can't if we can't get anything going inside in the paint. If they start shutting Lawson brothers down, and we just there's not much we can do, man. Um, like you said, I have I do have KU losing. That's why I'm not going to start talking major crap on K State. But I just think this is one of the worst KU teams we've well, seen in no doubt. maybe ever in we'll my lifetime as far as talent goes. So I'm just not expecting. I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm a diehard Jayhawks fan, but I just this is kind of one of those things. I just I'm I'm gonna be stoked as hell if they win. But I just I'm not counting it. I'm not counting on it at all. So. I, I just don't doubt Bill Self. Oh uh, no, I, I know that sounds cliche, but I, sure. I I fully expect him to have his team ready. And uh, if they lose, hopefully they lose a game where you know they go out there and they play their asses off, and they just got outmatched. Auburn just played a better game. Yeah, the players are the product, and if our product is, I don't think our product is good enough to go out there and make a run here. So. Sure. Well, that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, by the time you guys watch this or listen to this show. Uh, KU could potentially be playing. I think they play at 8.30, 8.40 tomorrow night. Hope they win, man. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I don't know who's the favorite in that game. I'd imagine it'd be the Jayhawks, but... Should let's be. go Auburn. 
Hey, you know what? Please do that. That'd be great. Because <laughs> Northeastern, I heard that they're doing really well back on their flight back home. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Speaking of Eddie Ortiz, we got some cracks to fill right now. So we're gonna, we're going to give uh, the mic. We're going to hand it all over to, to Eddie Ortiz. Eddie, what are we missing right now in the world of sports that we need to know about? Go ahead and take it, man. All right. Let's kick it off with uh, some news I was reading on, what was it, about two days ago. Uh, Bayern Munich, this is a uh, German champions from uh, last year. They are reported, or they have reported, that they will play in Kansas City this summer. Yeah, nice. You're talking, uh, man. Top tier team. You, it's it's one of the best in Europe. Would you say that's huge news? It is huge. Yes, very huge. <laughs> is that huge with the Y? Is it bigger than a wall? I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but yes. Is it huge? That's all. It, I want to know. It's it's pretty huge. Okay, cool. Uh, so the reason this is happening, and as to what I was reading, is uh, you know, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. Uh, because of Chiefs owner Clark Hunt. Now, Clark Hunt and the Hunt family, they own the the uh, Major League Soccer team, FC Dallas. Now, FC Dallas is a has a partnership with Bayern Munich. With that being said, Clark Hunt contacted Bayern Munich and said, hey, let's make this happen. Bayern Munich knows everything about Patrick Mahomes, and they, they love, they're thrilled. So, I mean, this is a German newspaper who, that's reporting this, and as to what we know, or as to what I what I know is that they will confirm this in about two to three days when the when the actual schedule comes out of uh, this international championship, whatever they call it, yeah. th- during preseason. It's preseason, but I mean, it's a big team coming to Kansas City. It, it hasn't happened since when Manchester United came here and played Kansas City Wizards. It oh, wasn't yeah. even sporting Kansas City. It was Kansas yeah. City Wizards. So oh, I remember the Wizards now. Yeah, it's 2011, 2012, I think. Yeah, so it's it's been a it's been a while and Kansas City's due a a, a pretty big European team visit. For um sure. all right. So now moving on, uh, this weekend it is the Soccer International Break. What that means is uh it's uh all international or countries uh, play each other this weekend. So we have a couple games like uh, USA played yesterday. They played against Ecuador, and they they won one zero. Eh, I mean, some people would say it was a lucky goal. Some people say it was a good goal. But you know, overall they got the win. So their their new head coach is uh, three games in, three wins. So they're they're moving in the right direction. They're 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 building this team for this World Cup. They're so so young still. So hopefully they can they can make this work. And then we had Argentina playing Venezuela out in Madrid, Spain. Why were they playing there? Who fucking knows? But <laughs> they were out there. Uh, this is Messi's first game back since the World Cup. And Argentina in the World Cup in 2008 wasn't what everybody was expecting. They were expecting him to at least either make the finals, contend yeah. for the championship. And obviously that didn't happen. So... With his first game back, he got handed a 3-1 loss. So, Messi, welcome back to Argentina. (laughs) Hope you uh, enjoy that. (laughs) And then, obviously, I don't know if you heard Lance talking about how I was celebrating a couple goals. Uh, We had Mexico against... Mexico! (laughs) (laughs) 
We have Mexico playing Chile just now. So by the time you hear this, obviously the game's over. Uh, Mexico won with the score of three one. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, <laughs> this is uh, Gerardo Martino's or Tata Martino's first game as Mexico's head coach after making Atlanta United the uh, MLS champion for the first time. So that's a pretty big step in his um, managerial career, whatever you want to hey, say. Well Call said, it. well said, managerial, <laughs> I like it. So he started off with the right foot, and that's kind of the history with new coaches and new head coaches from Mexico. They always start off with the right foot. Hopefully he can continue that success. It's a it's a whole new process, kind of like the United States. It's a, it's a young core. So he's bringing all these young players. It's exciting, man. Yeah, to, yeah. to get them ready for for the World Cup in 2022. So hopefully it's all good news for Mexico and the USA. Uh, As a fan of both, I really want them both to succeed on everything they want. So that is it for soccer news. It's pretty boring this week. Like I said, it's international What are you talking about, dude? Mexico just whooped some ass. (laughs) Yeah, but... We were drinking Coronas (laughs) and celebrations, dude. This is amazing. This is awesome. (laughs) So, I mean, that's it for soccer. I mean, uh, international breaks are kind of... Uh, you know, it's like, what kind of games do you really want to watch? Because then you got, you got really like some weird countries going against good countries, and it's just a mixed match of everything. And then you get like ten zero games, and uh, yeah, blah blah blah. And then you just get you get lost in yeah. it. Yeah. So moving on uh, to my last topic. Uh, obviously, I don't know if people or listeners are boxing fans. Last week we had. Uh, Mikey Garcia versus uh, Errol Spence Jr. Jr., excuse me. Now, Mikey Garcia and uh, Errol Spence, I think, were both coming in undefeated to this fight. And this was held in uh, uh, AT&T Stadium, uh, Cowboy Stadium. Uh, Obviously, a huge crowd, a huge following uh, for Mikey Garcia. Everybody had Mikey Garcia winning this fight. And the unexpected happened. He got destroyed. I saw the two piece, man. He got got beat up. (laughs) So he, I mean, he didn't get knocked out, which I mean, I guess it's good, but I mean, check this numbers out. Garcia only only landed 75 punches in the entitled boxing fight. Jesus Christ. Out of 406. Holy shit! So that's that's an 18 per 18.5%. 18.5%. 5% punches landed. You, yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's... So he lost, right? He's uh, yeah. <laughs> like he was fighting a ghost, man. Yeah. Uh, now, here, here's uh, Spence Jr.'s uh, total punches. So Spence Jr. threw for 1,082 punches, right? He landed 345 of them. That's <laughs> double, almost triple as to what Garcia yeah, landed. Yeah. He landed almost 40% yeah. of his punches. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So he landed almost thir- almost 32% of his punches. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, and that's pretty much a you, – you can't say Mikey Garcia won that fight. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, he lost every round. Uh, judges scored the, the fight 120 108, 120 107, 120 Mikey Garcia, uh, not Mikey Garcia, but Spence Jr. won every single round. Yeah, it, it was no, no, no doubt on that. This is the the first time uh, a boxer 
has uh, landed 345 punches. Those these are the most allowed by Marky Mikey Garcia in in uh, his last 21 fights, surpassing the previous high of 162. So he Jeez, he almost man. doubled that. You know? Oh, he so, did. I mean, he had over yeah. 300. Was it 100? You said 100. Was, what's the yeah, most? 162. Ever? So yeah, he doubled so, that. Yeah, right at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean. Mikey Garcia obviously is a great fighter, but to allow somebody to hit you three hundred and what forty five times and you only hitting them seventy five, uh, that's it's like you a know father beating up a son or something. Jesus, yeah. Christ. So that's uh, that was a that was big news this weekend. Uh, I was a I was a little impressed as to the result because I I honestly did not see that coming. Some people say they did, but you know, some people are always like, oh, I always see everything coming, but. Yeah. So that's that's what I got for uh, filling the cracks. Nothing, nothing major, but you know, something, something to talk about. I guess. Right, let's yeah, give Eddie so. a hand on that one. Yeah. That was some good stuff, Woo! man. I mean, we don't we don't get to talk about boxing very often. <laughs> I, I always wish we lived in the the golden era. I mean, my dad and people before him, you know, their generation got to really enjoy the great boxers. Mike Tyson, and we get Mahomes. we get I remember some. Yeah, yeah, we get to watch Floyd Mayweather dance for you know twelve <laughs> rounds with a bunch of nobodies yeah. making you know, one hundred and twenty million. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really awesome, man. I'm glad you brought all that up. And uh, as the, as the time goes on, I'm sure there's gonna be tons more uh, soccer related news that you're gonna break down for us. So I appreciate that as Eddie fills in the cracks. But here we go, the final segment of the night, and we all know what it is, guys. Tell them what it is. Hold, Hold this L. L. It's time to. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold this L, brought to you by Casey Beard Co., uh, premier beard care supplier based in Kansas City since 2014. Casey Beard Co., 100% organic ingredients, 100% organic manliness. So this week, uh, we I think we've had to dive into this a little bit uh, because it was a little bit of a tougher week to, to find some. I mean, there's plenty. There, every week there's plenty out yeah. there to, to hand an L to, but... I'm going to start with my guy, Eddie. I think you got a pretty good one, man. Who's holding the L this week? All right, let's go with uh, Stephen A. Good old Stephen A. You know, you can't never go wrong with Stephen A, I guess. What? He's always giving us good material. Stay off the weed! (laughs) So, this week, he uh, obviously, we all know about that Mike Mike Trout contract. So, in his podcast, I I believe it's his podcast, he was uh, saying how Mike Trout's contract affected Mike Sosha the Angels last year coach uh, in entering his, I guess, 19. so-called 19 <laughs> season in charge of the Angels, which obviously he's no longer part of. Uh, a, Jeff Passan had to correct Stephen A. on on live in his podcast. So for me this week, for doing that, Stephen A., you got to hold this L. L. It, it, that was, I'm glad you, you used him because of the fact that 
Stephen A's been taking a lot of L's lately, and I'm glad we finally <laughs> brought him up on our show. I, I don't think that, I think this is the first time we've actually brought him up on the yeah, show. We actually have, yeah. And, and for me, I just think he's a casual fan that just gets paid millions to talk sports. I don't think he follows it as tightly as he may <laughs> try to pretend. Um, I do agree with Trevor but during the break. He did yeah. say that he thinks that you know Stephen A. When it comes to NBA, knows his stuff. Yeah. When it comes to baseball, the baseball. He's so nose deep in yeah. in, in basketball, yeah. so it's hard for him to focus on. I mean, I was I think the biggest L he took was the Hunter Henry, Derek oh, Johnson. You know, when the Chiefs and Chargers are about to play. <laughs> on Thursday night football. Like, when, you th- when you think about Hunter Henry and you talk about Derek Johnson. Especially being know, a Chiefs fan. And, and Teddy so Bruschi priceless. sitting there, Max Kellerman sitting like, what in the literal fuck are you talking about? Neither one of those guys is playing. First of all, DJ wasn't on the Chiefs and, and, and Hunter Henry got hurt before the season started. What? Are, and he's like, oh, I was talking about Virgil Green. No, you weren't, dude. You were talking about Ta- oh, yeah, Also a guy who put like five total snaps yeah. on <laughs> Good so, correction there, yeah. Trev, I know, you had, I know you have a good one, so go ahead and lay yeah, it on I us, mean, man. Just with me being a... Um, a diehard um, Jayhawks fan and being on social media and bragging about my Jayhawks. It's been a down year, obviously. Um, and with that comes a lot of um, trash talk and vile remarks um, from these K-State fans. Um, this isn't really directed towards K-State as a, as a whole. I think they're making progress as a, uh, as a team and as an organization and as a school, as far as their basketball program goes. Um but this uh, L is going to have to be held by the K-State fans, um, you know, thinking they added inches to the dick because they uh, they stopped the, uh, the the KU streak. Um, I mean, congratulations. You won the Big 12 or you won a share of it, I'll say. Um, and you ended our streak, you know, that was bound to, to come to a halt at, at some time in history. Um, after we've owned you, you know, your entire mother and grandmother's lifetimes. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, this L is going to have to be held Jeez. by, you, by uh, all that trash talk leading up to a uh, first round bounce. Um, it was a pleasure while it lasted. I'm happy for you. We're still in the tournament. I don't I mean, I don't know. The team that you doubted, the team that you're talking all this trash Sandwich. on. So, yeah, I mean, to my fellow Kansans, um, you're going to have to hold this L. Emo. Also TBH. TM. <laughs> TM. Nice. You know, we were talking about all these AFC teams and, and they're building towards competing against Patrick Mahomes for the future. Oh, yeah. uh, you noticed there was one team that I didn't bring up, and it's a team that seems to always find themselves in contention, except this last year uh, in the AFC. And it's because they lost their star running back for the entire season because he decided to hold out because he wanted to make better money. Mm. Then they had their incredible wide receiver who put up humongous numbers, but it didn't amount amount to much because we all know that a good wide receiver needs a great quarterback more than a great quarterback needs a good wide receiver. And if we knew anything about this quarterback, he struggled a lot of times despite having big numbers this season, calling out his own teammates, causing a lot of problems in the locker room. A lot of guys calling him a cancer, even though his team decided to say, Hey, he's the only adult in the room. (laughs) I'm talking about the Steelers. See, they lost not one, but two prolific stars in this offseason. Now you can say, well, they could still add pieces to make them better. But we don't know that for certain because we don't even know what the future holds for this team. And quite frankly, if it wasn't for the Steelers and their pride and stability and having their same coach all these years, they've had three coaches in their entire franchise. That is insanity. It's amazing, man. For them to be around as long as they have to have the success Great they've had, too. you got to tip their cap. But if this was any other team, Mike Tomlin would have been fired immediately because of the problems they have yeah. had. And I could start and I can go off for 20 minutes about He's this. lost his locker room, man. But yeah. you have a team that lost 
two prolific stars still in their prime simply because they did not want to play with you. Imagine being arguably the most historically in, historically stacked franchise in football history. You can go through the list of all the great players, all the great dynasties they've had. And these two guys said, you know what? I don't even want to be around you. And that goes, and I look at the numbers without Le'Veon Bell, they were 19 and 14. That's still a winning record. But if you actually look at when he started games with the Steelers, they were 44 and 20. They played five playoff games with them. They missed the playoffs last season. They had a tie. You know how terrible that would be to say, oh, we were nine, six, and one. It's a <laughs> mouthful. Now, they had a great record without Antonio Brown throughout his career. They were 31 and 11. Juju. But they were 67 and 37 and one with AB starting. They were three and three with or without him in the playoffs. But the last time they won a playoff game without Antonio Brown was 2013. Yep. So, although the Steelers were historically great, as currently constructed, and we all know we live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately society, and it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately uh, world that the NFL is. Pittsburgh Steelers, you're going to go have to go ahead and hold, hold this out. out. That's that's who. Oh, dude. That's it. That's 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 my team. I, I was thinking about that all week long. Yeah. Because I don't think enough people are giving attention because they are a mess. Well, and the an funny thing mess. is, too, a, a lot of these commentators and, and TV um, personalities are all like saying that they're they're still giving them the benefit of the doubt to win the division. I've seen a lot of like Colin Ka- Colin Cowherd Colin Kaepernick Colin Cowherd was talking about how they're going to win the. I think he has them winning division. I think uh, I saw a couple other people talking about how they still have the upper hand on Baltimore, and I was just like. I, I Possibly they they could. But I think the Browns are going to be the ones causing the, the most Browns trouble. to lose. The focus the focus has to be on the Steelers. That they are just a complete mess. I mean, I'm a believer in Juju. I think he's sure absolute stud. But I'm saying, how many teams do you know that go on to succeed after losing two players that great? Yeah, and, and missing it's the playoffs the year before. Issue. Your quarterback's yeah. going to be 37 next season. The dude looks like he just got out of working at a fast food who, joint. Who's I mean, behind him. That's, you know, yes, that's who's the, the future of that franchise. I mean, I know you got James Conner and, and Juju, which I love both of those guys. But right. Yeah. It's they're a complete mess. And I, I, as it currently stands, I don't buy into them. I mean, they could be a good team, mm-hmm. but there's just been so much source. And you have to think eventually it's going to catch up. Yeah. And that defense has not been good. So. Eventually, Ben Roethlisberger is going to hit that wall. Eventually, Mike Tomlin's going to show he just doesn't have it in him anymore. I think he's been coaching there, what, 13 seasons. He's the second most tenured coach now. Yeah. I don't expect this team to be great for very much longer if they're even great at all anymore. Because like I said, they missed the playoffs completely last year. They missed Le'Veon Bell, even though James Conner's good and Juju's an incredible player. Losing Antonio Brown and his 15 touchdowns he brought last season, having the the best six-year stretch we've ever seen a wide receiver have. Mm -hmm. Losing that, it's going going to show. And so that's why they're holding my L this week, and I say that proudly. For sure. Um, I want to thank all my all the listeners. Uh, these last five weeks have been absolutely incredible. This is our sixth episode. It's flown by. I mean, I cannot believe we're already six episodes in, but it's been an absolute blast. I want to thank my co-host, Eddie Ortiz, for filling in the cracks, giving us those inf- the, the stories we did not know regarding the soccer world, the boxing world. Thanks for adding that element tonight. Yep. For my brother Trevor being here tonight, always dropping the knowledge, adding that element that we need, that third party. Man, it's it's always big for us to do that, and it's a big contr- uh, contribution. For, sure. for all of our guests, uh, the guests we didn't have tonight, uh, they didn't sit in the Modern Man Supply Company guest seat, but uh, thanks for coming. I know, <laughs> thanks a lot, bro. Uh, that, that what's the boxer's name that missed all the guys? I mean, he was hitting as many people there being that chair. So we have a really cool, uh, cool announcement to make. Um, we we've taken a lot of pride in the in the guests that we've had to this point, and we're actually taking it up a notch. 
Uh, next week, we're very proud to state that uh, 610 Sports Radio's own host, Jay Binkley, is going to actually be on the show with us oh, next yeah, week. Man. And if anybody knows anything about Jay, he loves two things, beer and football. And that happens to coincide with us because we drink beer every night when we do these shows and we talk a lot of football. Hey, so it's going to be a water, lot of water too. Water and water too. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Aquafina. <laughs> um, so you know, we're really, really excited about having him on the show. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have a lot of great guests coming up, guys, during the draft season. I don't want to announce them yet. I don't want to put the cart in front of the, the horses, but I, I, I'm just letting you know we're going to have a lot of great people on here and it's going to be a lot of fun. So stick with us. It's going to be a blast uh, for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell. For Clay Windler, our producer, shout out to my guy. Uh, and for everybody that listens, I am Lance Twidwell. Uh, until next week, we up out of this bitch. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the Spoken. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>